fourth episode of the Mistake Nerd Podcast. You want to know what's wonderful? Wonder Woman's wonderful. You want to know what's not wonderful? All the DC layoffs and the fact that my AC died today, so I'm all now officially roasting in 100-some degree heat. But you know what? That's fine. I'm, I'm probably sounding like a big baby right now because Ryan lives that life every single day of his life, and Brandon was lucky enough to get his AC fixed. You could Yay, say summer! This is an ACDC podcast. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, changing the, the title. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> we are all on the highway to hell. I am Ben Magnet. That's Brandon T. McClure, Hello. Ryan Eliopoulos, and Sparks Witty. This is not a cool, cool summer. No, Demi Lovato is wrong. Sorry, Demi. I'm not feeling cool for the summer. <laughs> yeah, no. my AC was my AC was running fine the whole for um for the week. It was going fine yesterday, and then today I was writing my article for Old School Gamer, and all of a sudden it just went, died. For those of you not in Los Angeles, it is currently, uh, we are in a week of a uh, hundred and something degree weather. Can I tell you that it's not, it is not consistent across the county, because Anaheim was 91 the other day while we were 104. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. And I was really bad at Anaheim. <laughs> Ryan, you shared the thing of a fire tornado this past week. Yeah, so not only is California now getting tornadoes, but we're getting fire tornadoes because it's oh. just too damn hot. Yeah, and, uh, and we, have like, we have like, man, what, like, two wildfires going on right now? Are they still going yeah. or do they, do they contain those? I, I'm just going to assume it's on fire because what else uh, is it? Yeah. I, I heard we had 11 across the state. Yeah, Let's see if you guys get this reference. Let's hope it doesn't hit the La Brea tar pits and create a volcano. Anybody get that reference? A volcano, Tommy Lee Jones? Oh, yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, <laughs> hey, Mac. I see that movie. Hey, Mac, thanks for stopping hey, by. Hey, Mac. Let me tell so, you, Volcano is the lesser of the two volcano movies of that year, Dante's Peak. Climate change is real, and we're living it. Uh, yeah. Dante's Peak is a great movie, speaking of climate change. Um, no, that's not... <laughs> Relevant because that's about Mount. That's just about Helen. <laughs> versus volcano. Um, real quickly before we get into kind of our week, I do want to talk about. I do want to mention that in the description below we have a couple of articles. No, a couple of links. Uh, we have Ryan did just annoyed. Oh, I was like, I don't write shit. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, you did just annoyed uh, for Umbrella Academy season two. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you can find the link to that in the description. Ben has an old school gamer magazine article in the mm-hmm. link in the description below. And I have an article from my blog uh, about this topic, which was not on purpose because um, I had finished it before we had decided this. But it is about this topic and kind of my further thoughts on that. That is also in the link, uh, link in the description below. So a lot of cool stuff there, guys. Um, you should be checking those uh, descriptions. I put some cool stuff down there. Yeah. I have nothing to plug. I did nothing. I'm not going <laughs> to uh, if I If I may start uh, starting us off, because I, I did so little this week. Do you want to? You go first, but we'll see. Um, so I, I wrote a couple of articles that will come up in the website in the, couple, in the coming weeks. Um, one of them is in the link in the description. But I, I watched a couple of animated films because I was kind of in the mood for animated Justice League, uh, animated DC. So I watched Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. That movie is awesome. Uh, except I don't like the voice cast for the most part. Is that with James Woods as Owlman? Yes. He's great, though. He's great. Yeah, Uh, but he is the only one who is great, I think. Everyone else is just kind of fine, and William Baldwin as Batman is terrible. Yeah, yeah, that's... 
That was back before consistency. I'm going to go out on a limb and say no Baldwin should ever play Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, 90s Alec Baldwin had the look. But that's but that's, that's 25 not... years ago. <laughs> but he's already the shadow. Yeah, and yeah, I was, no, was yeah. going to say, I was going to say, I've seen him play the shadow and I don't think he should be Batman. No, I'm just saying like, Alec Baldwin, he, Alec Baldwin had his day, but he chose yeah. the shadow. Yeah. Um, I also, then I watched the kind of the sequel, but kind of not really Justice League Doom. Um, and that movie rules. That movie has one up on Crisis on Two Earths, and that it has the voice cast because that voice cast is the best voice cast constructed for it for a, uh, a Justice League film. Period. Um, it's Susan Eisenberg, Kevin Conroy, uh, Tim Daly, uh, Michael Rosenbaum, and then all, Carl Lumley, and then also you just introduced Nathan Fillion as Green Lantern. You're like, hell yeah, this is it. Well done. Yeah, that is good. And uh, that movie. Um takes from one of the best Justice League uh, stories of all time, Tower of Babel, where yeah. Batman's got a conti- contingency plan for all the Justice League, and then, oops, they get stolen. Oopsies! Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think the changes towards the uh, toward, in the in the animated movie, compared to the comic, work really well for both. I think it's just a yeah. really solid movie. Uh, and then I watched an oldie, but a goodie, Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker. Mm, has been a while. You can never go wrong with Batman Beyond. That movie's so damn good i didn't realize that dean stockwell from quantum leap and battles of galactica was uh tim drake he's co- he's so good um, yeah and obviously look mark hamill kevin conroy delivers a great performance as old man bruce wayne in that movie um that movie the movie rules if you have not seen it find the uncut version because the sadly the blu-ray doesn't have the uncut version uh but the uncut version is the superior version what makes it uncut it's got more blood and more and more scenes. And also, uh, when like when Joker dies, doesn't they actually like show the flag sticking out of him or something? Well, so one of the biggest changes between the uncut version and the cut version is that Bonk doesn't die. Oh, um, okay. So in in the uncut version, Bonk is like, "Hey, Joker, you're not the real Joker. What the hell?" And Joker picks his thing and it, it does the the thing that says "bang." It shoots out and says "bang." And then it shoots it again, and it goes into Bonk, and he dies, and with the giant oh, grin on his face. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's not in the cut version. It's the thing is is not in his chest. It's just he's been hit with Joker gas. Mm, gotcha, so that's man. that's kind of unfortunate. It kind of way kind of takes away the sting of the movie, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because doesn't also Joker a few seconds later deliver this line? Is like, is that right, Bonk? Oh, right, dead. Cut for in the in the cut version. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that movie is really cool, and I really hope that they they put put on Blu-ray the on the uncut version. I have a sinking suspicion it might be in the new Batman Beyond Blu-ray set, but I haven't been able to confirm whether or not that movie exists in that set at all. Yeah, um, the version's the better version. And then I caught up on X-Men. I'm still caught up on that. All great issues. Uh, X Force was awesome. Yeah, dude. That. Man, Russian nesting dolls. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was watching it. I read it. And it, immediately I read it. I read it after I read Wolverine number three, which is its direct kind of continuation. So I was like, oh, this wouldn't have made any sense to me if I didn't just read Wolverine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was that's like, you got to read them all. That's why, that's why I'm glad I finally picked them up. Uh, Tom Taylor's new book, Ta- The Seven Secrets, dropped. That's right. Oh, this week. That's real. That's a really great first issue. It's nonstop action and it it moves at a clip. That's mm-hmm. a great first issue. I hope the series continues to be just as good. Uh, uh, Bo- Boom Studios. Yeah, Boom Studios. Good, good, good. That that right. good. 
And then kind of the uh, kind of the newest things I did, uh, I watched the first three Saw movies for the first time. Nice. Uh, I think the first one's real good, Carrie Elway's, yeah. and and God, the writer. Oh, Lee Lee Winnell. Lee Winnell, Invisible Man. Yeah. He's the se- he's the second he's the second lead in that movie. Yeah. Um, Carrie Elway's is great. You know, Princess Bride, Robin Hood, Tights. Um, but he's he's really good. Don, that, movie, that movie is just kind of a really intense thriller that just works. And then that sequel is not. So the, the, <laughs> I've seen all those movies except for the very, very last one. Like when, like what I don't like the final Jigsaw. chapter. Yeah. Jigsaw, the final chapter or whatever. Um, that first one is like an awesome, awesome horror movie. And unfortunately with Hollywood, you snatch up those low budget horror movies and you make 12 of them until no one cares anymore, which mm-hmm. is exactly what happened. Especially, especially at that time period where like mainstream horror didn't know what it was trying to do at all. So, it capitalized on Saul's grossness, which was, which it's, it's part of the movie, but it's not really the point of the movie, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's not, really, it's more character it's not, stuff, good, good gore. Yeah, but yeah. the rest of them, as I understand, are much yes. more about the gore. And which again, those movies, like a nice like Friday night blockbuster horror movie, like some of those kills are righteous and crazy and they get crazier and crazier and the 3D is crazy. But like, I like that first one because it's really small scale. Yeah, the, I, I really enjoyed the first one. I have only seen the first one and the sixth one. So wow. Because I was visiting uh, good friends and they really wanted to, one of them really wanted to go see the sixth one in films. And I'm like, I guess this is what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, do I need to know anything? And they're like, no. And then like, it opens with like all yeah. these pre-established characters. I'm like, well, yeah. I'm lost. <laughs> the, uh, the, the first three are the only three written by Lee Winnell. Uh, he did write, he did write two and three. And I think they work as a trilogy um in regards to uh 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 sparks do you care no okay in regards to amanda i think the first three work is a really good trilogy for her yeah um that end of the killer in in dead by daylight yeah mm-hmm. That's and, why I, keep and, it, I didn't realize that until i saw it too i was like uh. <laughs> um i think two has a really good twist but i think the rest of the movie is kind of shit um yeah. and then three is just kind of okay um but it, I think they work well as a trilogy, and it's a damn shame. I, I just posted on my Instagram, I was like, they made nine of these? <laughs> yeah. And I will say, much much like The Fast and the Furious, it actually takes its its lore and its story very seriously. And, like, the more movies get on, like, it keeps adding more and more characters and more twists and, like, to this big plot. And that's kind of what ruins it for me, because I like it when it's just the first movie. I like when it, I like, and then it's, like... I don't want to spoil the rest of the series for you, Brandon, but like there is such a huge twist in like the final movie that I still haven't seen, but I know because it, it got spoiled that just like recontextualizes the entire series and it makes me hate it. And I'm like, I'm never going to watch that movie because I, yeah. if I don't, if I don't see it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> um, but yes, they're my girlfriend's favorite franchise of all time. So I'm going to watch them all with her. And, and also because Spiral looks, Spiral looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm super interested in that. I want to get into. I want to like have seen them all when I go see Spiral. Uh, there's a Saw video game that's actually not bad. Oh, I might, I might, I might give it a shot. That's pretty much all I did though. So. Cool. Who wants to go all next? Right. Uh, I can't because I also didn't do a whole lot. Um, I I went back to work this week. That was that was not fun. But besides that, um, we played some Dead by Daylight and Avatar or <laughs> Legend of Korra finally came out on uh, Netflix. So Fanny and I, I want to say, are halfway through season one, and we're um, going through that. Chorus so great. Absolutely love that show. Um, we'll, we'll, I'll probably talk more about it once I think I, I might give it a seasons. second watch. I think I might give it a it's, second watch. It's been Zara a while. Never... Since, 
Zara hasn't seen it, so I want to. Mm-hmm. And that when I first saw it, I thought it was good but not great. And I like mm-hmm. uh, like the Avatar more, but everyone keeps kind of hyping it up, like it's like it's it's really good. So I'm like I might give it another shot. Maybe I was a little too biased. I this time. I would definitely recommend you should because this is actually the first time I've rewatched Korra, or I've actually I've seen Korra since I watched it when it first came out. So because I after the first after the seasons were coming out, I just watched them that first time and then I never went back to it. So now they're on Netflix. I'm rewatching it again for the second time, unlike Avatar, where I've watched those, those seasons multiple times. Yeah. So yeah. I'm. I'm looking for. It's also funny because Fanny's asking me questions about like, oh, where's Zuko? Oh, is that like we see a statue of Zuko? It's like, oh my god, is that Zuko? I'm like, yeah, that's Zuko. She's like, well, what happened to him? I'm like, can't tell you. That's a spoiler. She's like, well, what happened to this guy? Can't tell you. That's a spoiler. I'm, I'm gonna take a quick moment and remind Ben that I haven't seen seasons three and four. Just of what? Just Avatar? a reminder of Korra. Oh yeah. Just a yeah, reminder. No. So, yeah, no. So can't tell you. That's a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, so we're watching we're watching Korra. I'm also catching up on Rebel Academy. I'm halfway through season two. I'm loving it. Um, I really liked how season one ended, and um, like all the stuff that happened with um, uh, Vanya's boyfriend Leonard. I was like, oh, that's some dark shit. I thought his name was Stanley. It's Leonard. It's basically <laughs> yeah. Leonard's a little yeah. worse. Yeah, yeah. And then worse. once, and then that's- once, uh, and then once the uh, what you call it when season two opens up. And how I've seen them like go, go through like how they each landed in different parts of the 1960s. I love, I love the first scene of season two of Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it's great. Um, so yeah, I'm really enjoying Umbrella Academy. Can't wait to finish it so we can do Fictioners Watch about that. Fixers Watch coming. <laughs> yep, yep. And that's one of the things I really like about Umbrella Academy is like, even though I know I'm watching it for work, I actually want to finish it. Like, I remember I came home one night and I was like, This okay, is a job. See- no. <laughs> As Sorry. I was saying, like I knew I wanted to, I was gonna watch like two episodes, then go to bed because I wanted to get wake up at a decent time. Did I? No. Did I go to bed after two episodes? Of course I did. I just finished the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm like, no. I got to, I got to a certain point. I was like, no, nah, I, I need to find out what happens. I'm this close. How long is it? Okay, screw it. I'm going for it. Good. Uh, yeah, so uh, I went. Also, I went out and bought my comic books, and I know I made Ryan super happy because I picked up the trade of X Force, which has issues one through six, and I'm going to hunt down the rest of the issues I'm missing. I'm only missing two, which are seven and eight, and I bought as many back issues as I can. So now, and I also put X Force on my pull list. Good. It's gonna give it to you. Next, I'm, it to you. I'm really happy for you, Ben. But next, you're gonna need Hellions, and you're gonna need um. And you're gonna be cable, and you can't miss out on you know. I'm I'm not. Part of me is super excited, but another part of me is like really scared when Tennis Horse comes out. Thanks to X Men, my poll is like seventy percent Marvel. You are keeping the comic book store alive. Thank you, X Men and Brandon. And oh, you're welcome. Paul. Personally. Yeah, actually, uh, when yeah. I when I went to the store, because I went to the store and I told uh, the guy working there, I was like, "Oh yeah, let's just put this on my poll." And he takes out my poll list. So I'm looking at it like Marvel is the biggest one because I got like a bunch of X titles. I got uh, Star Wars. I put Darth Vader on there finally. And then mm-hmm. I looked down at my DC. And it's just Young Justice Ruby. And I'm like, "Well, one of those doesn't exist one anymore. One of those is going bye bye. One of those got canceled, so that's not happening. And then I looked down at the other, and the other is just Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm like, well, at least that was not going anywhere. Thank God. I mean, I pull a lot more than you do, but yeah, yeah, same sentiment. Yeah. So for me, it's like, well, I, I added two, one died, and then I put three more books on there. So 
I guess I need to get out in a way. Just like the X-Men, another comic dies and X-Men gets to be reborn in its place. Just as it should be, Ben. Just as it should be. I still haven't given up on Young... Even though I hate that they call um, Red Robin Drake, I still haven't hated Young Justice to the point where it's like, I'm going to get rid of... I'm going to take Young Justice off my pole. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, so I got so I got those books. I'm looking forward to hunting down seven and eight so I can streamline the rest of X Force because all those issues Ryan gave like Ryan said, issue by like issue three, I'm like, damn it, I want these now. I was talking to I was talking to to my girlfriend about about X Men. She's a big she's a big X Men fan, but she's not reading the current stuff because she hasn't read a comic book in years. Um Mm -hmm. but one of the things that that I told her I was like it, it, it helps that they're all, at least at this point, good. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of, and you're, and you never regret having picked one up because you want to know the full story. You're just like, if you think you're going to regret Cable, Cable's awesome. Mm. Wolverine's awesome. And they're all doing, they're all doing exactly what House of X and Powers of X laid out in the beginning. And they're all just tackling it right now. This is what the stories are. So uh, I'm going to give a quick shout out to friend and listener, uh, John Radley. I hope you're listening to what we're saying. Uh, he messaged me and asked me, okay, so I've slipped away from Marvel Comics for a while. I read Secret Wars, and then I kind of diddled off a little. Where should I be looking to pick up, especially for the X-Men? And I'm like, all right, let me tell you. It's Hawks Pox that you got to start at. <laughs> and then let me explain what New Dawn is. And so I give him the list of titles, and I'm like, these are all the good titles. This is the one you can skip. Yeah. <laughs> Literally everything else you should be reading, they are interwoven. They all work off of each other it is insane nothing like this has happened in the mainline comics uh be reading x-men and then i also recommended all of donny kate's stuff essentially uh especially in prep for king and black mm-hmm. and uh immortal hulk no i but, was just uh, glad that the, yeah, i was just glad that the comic book store had um x-force volume one because i saw that frankenstein's last week and I was supposed to go this week, but um, we couldn't because my friend got, he had to do something else. So we're going to try and go next week. But I was like, oh, thank God it's there. And they had issues 9, 10, and 11 because 11 just came out. So yes. I'm only missing 7 and 8. So You'll then, with the, yeah, so with the trade and 7 and 8, I'll have caught up on all of uh, X Force. Nice. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I, like uh, Brian said at the top, I wrote a new article for Old School Gamer Magazine. And video, and video game wise, I played a little bit of Bloodborne with my brother. Not a whole lot. Um, that's, like that's about it. Bro, Thor. No, no. I, of course, we did some Dead by Daylight as well. DVD. Yep. Yep. That was. We fun. got a lot more X Men to read. We got a yes, lot I more. Did. Next, next yeah. month. Catch yeah. up. Yeah. 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 I, we I have do need to catch up. Exactly like a month. Before X of Swords. X of Swords bombards us with quality and lots of money spent, so you got time, but you got to you got to get on it too. Well, the nice thing is we don't have to talk about X of Swords the day X of no, Swords starts. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But everything else, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, are, we are, we are, we did talk about it. we are going to do an X of Swords uh, episode, so stay tuned yeah, for that when, it, when it's all finished. <laughs> yeah. uh, all so. fifty-seven issues or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Sparks or Ryan. Want to go? Which I'll, one you? I'll go. I'll go. So I did. Uh, I did. I, I did. Uh, Umbrella Academy re- review on Just Annoyed. Sorry, Astra. Um, it's. I gotta tell you guys. After doing like a four-hour podcast every day, it's so hard and weird to just do an hour because 
we'll talk about something for like two minutes and then he then like switch the next topic i'm like oh yeah i forgot we own we're the long ones so mm -hmm. like uh i got to talk about things for a very short amounts of time but i still got to talk about them so that was fun um umbrella academy rules we'll talk about it more spoilers i like it a lot um i started to play because i i'm done with my sony sony first party games i'll get back to ghost of tsushima eventually but um i had control uh, and there's a Control DLC coming out soon, so I figured, hey, I should I should get back into the game and play that game. Uh, guys, that is Control is so good in so many ways. Um, uh, it is absolutely probably going to be one of my favorite games of all time. The 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 combat is so fun. Like you saw in the brief trailer, just some of the stuff you can do in that game. You levitate. You can tell. You can teleconnectly pick things up and throw them. You bring up a shield to blast things out. Like it is like it is like the best superhero game that's not about superheroes. It's about boring uh, bureaucracy. And I was trying to figure out the best way to explain this game to to you guys without for for things that you they have reference to. And it's Hideki Anno's X Files. It oh. is. The Neon Genesis Evangelion, Shin Godzilla director. Uh, if he made an X Files, it's all super boring bureaucracy. Every time you pick up, pick up like files, like you pick up in games, um, it's super boring. Like text, like hey, we have to do the the E ninety five form, blah 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 blah. But it's talking about alternate realities and people getting murdered. Uh, and just the the tone shift of that game is so hard and fun. Um, I'm just gonna talk about one of the, the side quests because it, it had me laughing my ass off, and it's just the game's so good. Um, so there's this thing called the Panopticon and Panopticon, and it's where they keep all of the most dangerous, um, uh, items of power. And it's like these supernatural items that are gifted with, uh, things, you know, like, um, uh, a TV will get you sent into the TV, uh, a merry go round uh, will send you to an alternate dimension, all these different things, right? Um, Alan Wake, his flashlight might be an object of power, which is why I wanted you guys to watch that trailer, because it's going to tie into the sequel or the expansion thing, right? Um, there's there's this guy sitting in this in this in this box with a fridge and he's staring at a fridge, and he's just yelling for help. He's just yelling for help and and because uh, in control like the whole place is out of control, out of control. Like a monsters are invading, right? It's chaos. So this guy's just trapped here and people forgot about him. So you're like, hey man, what's up? And he's like, hey, um, my name's Philip and um, I can't stop staring at this fridge or it'll kill everyone in the vicinity. It has has eyes on it 24 hours a day. I haven't blinked for a day. Please help me. So oh, I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, Philip, my man, the door is locked. I don't know what to do. He's like, go find the director. So I go, I, I backtrack to find this guy. And the director's like, oh my God, I forgot about Philip. <laughs> it's so funny. And he's like, how do you forget about him? And he's like, lady, have you seen what's going on? We're being invaded here. And it's like the crazy shit happening in the story. So he unlocks the door. I go back up to Philip. I'm like, Philip, five more seconds. I'll be there soon. He's like, Jesse, hurry up. And I'm running in there. And before I open the door, I hear a scream and a boom. And I'm like, Philip. And I open the door and Philip's gone. There's blood everywhere. And I'm like, <laughs> no, Philip. <laughs> so it, now I'm staring at the fridge. And if you look away, your health bar starts to decrease. So I have to stare <laughs> at the fridge. And I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> All I got to do, do is stand in front of it and touch it. But like for a while, you try to escape. And I'm just dying. All right, okay, I got to touch the fridge. So you touch the fridge. And it brings you to an alternate dimension where this 100-foot kaiju monster uh, it's trying to kill you. And every time somebody touches the fridge or, or looks away from it, they get transported to this thing, and then they also get killed. So I had to fight this giant monster that is that is inside this fridge. Uh, and I do it, and it's super hard boss battle, and it's just a side quest. And I finish it, and I leave the fridge. And then just like the, 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 the room, it's clear, and the music comes on, and everything's happy. And it's just a normal fridge again. And I go to the director, and I'm like, yo, I fixed the fridge. And he's like, what do you mean you fixed the fridge? Like I, I just I beat the guy that's inside of it, and he's like, "Oh my god, the paperwork I'm gonna have to do. Oh my god." Um, that's the entire game. That is the entire <laughs> game, and I love it so much. 
and the fact that it's incorporating stuff from Alan Wake, which is a game from 10 years ago. It's just like the little planning. It's like comic book planning. And we'll talk about it with the trailer. But um, I love Control so much. Uh, there's a there's an there's a um, ultimate edition coming out that I don't think you put in the news. That's really shitty. Um, but there's a ultimate edition with all the DLC coming out. Um, uh, you guys should play that game eventually. It's 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 a top ten game, man. Um, besides that, clarify what you meant by that's really shitty. What do you mean? Oh well, I, oh because I thought maybe we'll talk about it in the news. Um, if you buy the upgraded, if you if you buy the upgraded edition that's not out yet, you get a free upgrade to PS5 and Xbox One X or whatever. But okay. if you already have the game. And you bought all the DLC, you don't get that free upgrade. You have to rebuy the game to get that free upgrade. And that's mm. really shitty. That's really shitty. Because that DLC just came out and people just bought it because it's coming out in like a week. Mm. Um, so that's that's really shitty on their part. But that's more of the, the company above them, not the developers themselves. Right. You know, like an EA kind of yep. thing. That's what I meant. Um, uh, besides that, I didn't really do anything uh, this week. Um, I didn't really do much with you. Um, I gotta be honest, like the heat, like working in the heat and it just being hot, just took the energy out of me doing anything. So like, I just watched a lot of YouTube videos and sweat, uh, and played control. So that's yeah. it. Oh, I read a lot of comics. Comics are cool. Comics are cool. Comics are cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also read comics. We talked about X-Men, so mm-hmm. I won't really talk too much more about it. Caught up on Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all of it, all tie-ins, all the Empire. Empire's good. Hell yeah, it is. I, I actually really like this event. Um, I was thinking, damn it. I meant to bring the book over with me. I have the book from like a couple weeks ago that was like the Marvel Universe preview book that the comic shop gives out yeah, yeah. for mm-hmm. Empire. And you have like the opening issues of the Thor issue that's never going to come out. Oh, like the opening pages of oh. the Squadron Supreme issue that will oh. never exist. And I'm like, all this shit is right here. There's This event was supposed to be so much and I am yeah. enjoying it so much. I'm pissed. Yeah. I'm pissed. I'm like, there's, there's these good stories. You can see Ramby's art on the Thor thing, and you're I, like, this is that's a travesty. Dumb. How is it right here? But I'll never see it. I'll Thanks. never see it. Thanks, Corona. <laughs> uh, it is, it is, it is staggering to consider the Empireless as it was and the Empireless as it is now. Um, sucks. Yeah. Uh, you hear it, that the X Men one got bigger. It just, just such a bummer for an event that I think. Excuse me. Uh, an event that I think has actually been impressing me i didn't think i'd be as interested in it as i am um i think they're able to to make each tie-in and the core event feel very impactful without having to do a lot of legwork to make me care about a lot of people compared to another uh event happening right now that i i feel like i have to read a whole bible before i can understand enough to care about some of the characters that are involved Um, my sparks whatever could you mean oh i i mean death metal i'm sorry (laughs) was i being subtle um, I mean, death metal. I mean, death metal needs to make me care more. Did you read three? No. Okay. Um, not yet. Uh, I, I still, I still like it. I'm not, I'm not shitting on it. I am saying that I am. I, I'm not shitting on the event as a whole. I'm interested. I just wish I didn't feel like I needed so much more pre-setup to care about what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. That's that's really what it is. Whereas Empire. I'm like, man, I'm invested in every avenue of what's going on here, and I didn't even know about the swordsman until I read this. So, can I can I just say real quickly? Uh, I know you guys aren't too crazy about at various levels of not crazy about death metal, but this latest issue had a had a reunion between Batman and Jaro, and my heart went a flutter. Yeah, that was that was that was nice, and like from yeah. his Justice League run, like that's a cute thing. Um, who's, but like, who's Jaro? Jaro the, is is a star is like the the mini version of Starro, uh, they kept the jar, so they called him Jaro. 
Okay. And he's Batman's son. He's Batman's son. No, that's that is that is a thing that is from a pre that his previous run. Like the small those small there are a lot of really nice small moments. It's the overall stuff that I just don't think is working very well. Mm -hmm. I I still haven't read the third issue. I will. Um, Have I? I bought it. I haven't read it yet. Anyway, um, I watched more Impractical Jokers uh, when I needed to to break up what else I was doing this week and just laugh, Um, and that works. Mm, Um, Yeah. Uh, read those, read those. Uh, I watched Sabrina Carpenter's new Netflix dance film called Work It. Oh, did you really? Yes, I did. Um, it's all right. Uh, I do like that it has, uh, Liza, uh, from YouTube. Uh, the, she's the YouTube comedian, Liza. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's in it. and She's very funny in it. And, uh, Kenyon Lonsdale, Mm -hmm. uh, Wally West from Flash is the antagonist. And, I did not know he was that, like, he's a really good dancer. Not like, oh, he's a good dancer. He's a really good dancer. Yeah. Uh, really, really good. Um, so that that threw me for a loop. He has a, he has a whole persona in that. I can sum it up as his name is Isaiah, but he makes everyone call him Juilliard because he wants to go to Juilliard. <laughs> okay? Sure. You got it. Cool. Um, for movie night, we watched uh, Tomb Raider. Brandon, oh, yeah. you watched Tomb Raider as well? Um, that movie is still just as okay as uh, I think we all felt it was when it came out. Um, I I kept watching it. I'm like, Alicia Vikander is so good for this role. I wish this movie was working to all of her strengths. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I forgot how dope that opening bike scene was. Yeah. Where he puts the foxtail on and they Mm -hmm. chase her through London. I was like, oh yeah, this was a really good scene. They've announced the sequel, right? We talked about that. It's happening. They announced it. I'm very, I'm very hopeful that will be better. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I thought, you know what's, you know what really drags this movie? It's her being reunited with her dad. Yeah. I think if her dad had just already been dead and she hadn't found him alive on the island, I don't think it would have dragged the story as much. I think mm. if she had just had to do her own shit and survive, it would have made her stand out more. But instead, we have to do a lot of this family catch up crap. Sure. Uh, I felt that way more this time than I did the first time I saw it. Anyway, um, the big things I did, I think you can tell from my mm-hmm. shirt, I wait all year for this week was Shark Week. Um, I watched uh, collectively probably 21 hours of new uh, specials related to Shark Week. And when I wasn't doing that, I was playing Maneater, which I both <laughs> started and finished this week. Uh, I'll talk about Maneater real quick. Maneater, I actually think is really cool. I thought it was really cool once I got the gameplay down, once I got the flight controls down. Uh, it plays like an... It, the, 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 the mechanics seem to be like a good fighter pilot game, but instead you're a shark. Uh, <laughs> and once I kind of got into the groove of it, it really worked for me. But the thing that I love the most about that game is the sound design. I played this whole game with headphones because Megan was working behind me. And that was the main reason I wasn't watching Shark Week. So I put in Maneater instead. Mm-hmm. And the whole soundscape is incredible. Um, the, the variation between when you're underwater and when you're above water, how humans or boats sound, um, the, the way that uh, you can hear animals around you. And especially if you're wearing headphones, that they sound closer when they are close that it'll freak you out because you'll hear a killer whale and you'll be like, where, where, <laughs> where? These killer whales are bigger than you and especially sperm whales are way bigger than you and have a deep bass and these sounds sound really good. There are a lot of like fictional sounds, like a lot of the animals growl when they attack you or you growl when you attack, but that's just like game stuff. 
Mm -hmm. um, but otherwise, I found the sounds to be really, really natural sounding, really representative of the creatures, specifically seals, killer whales, sperm whales, um, and uh, alligators. And it just makes the whole thing feel very um, atmospheric in, in a really powerful way. And I think they did uh, water visibility very well. Once I got out to the Gulf, uh, out into Sapphire Bay, and it starts getting deeper and deeper, um, the way that you go down to the bottom and the way you can kind of see the light, but you can't make out shapes once you're at a certain depth very well, um, you just kind of get, it's brighter up there, and that's it. Mm -hmm. uh, and the the way that, like, your sonar allows you to, like, send out a pulse, which is meant to uh, represent the electroreceptors that a shark has, so that you can see objects, but then when that sonar dies down, it turns back into like a wall of blue up to a certain distance, and that distance feels consistent, and it feels effective, and it feels real. Um, mm -hmm. I have to say, I think that that game is really well designed as far as like trying to be convincing of that whole thing. I give mad props to the fact that a whole lot of people, I think, were wondering why the main shark isn't a great white. Uh, but it's instead of bull shark. And I actually have to give credit to the team that they did their research. It's because bull sharks can go between freshwater and saltwater, and they're one of the only sharks that can do that. And uh, you start in freshwater. And that's why they mm -hmm. want to do that, because you start in a small uh, bayou. That's where you start. Um, and it's to give you a smaller feeding ground before you move into bigger and bigger landscapes. Um, and they, they have little moments where they pepper in, like, realistic facts. And Chris Parnell is the narrator of your whole documentary experience as a shark and he has a whole dark sense of humor attached to things some of my favorite things are landmarks that you come across because there's landmarks in every area and some of them are like i found pennywise the clown in a <laughs> sewer um i found a my favorite my i found um there is a gigantic uh like two stone door gate that is lifting up with chains locking over it that is bubbling up with yellow energy and really, really effective sounds of like big creatures under it. And it is a gate that is basically the rift that has been chained up. And they say there's kaiju under there. And uh, sometimes they come out. So we got to keep this thing down. Um, it's, it's very, very funny. Um, there's a whole lot of things like that. Uh, the crocodile with the clock in its mouth from Hook is in the bayou. Oh, that's um, cool. Yes, uh, there's, a, there's a Happy Gilmore reference with golf clubs. There's Finding Nemo references. Uh, it is very, very cute how they work in a whole bunch of things for you to just, like, sightsee and find and enjoy. Um, I cleared that game 100%. It is a quick play, uh, but it's a lot of fun, yeah. uh, especially if you like shark stuff. It was a nice way to companion piece to my main uh, feast of Shark Week specials, and I'll just give you guys a quick rundown of some cool things from that. Mike Tyson did an incredible special um, where he was very, very honest about his fear of going underwater. And what it turns out is like that when they start Mike Tyson doing it, uh, they have him doing scuba exercises because he's never been diving and he can't even keep up his breath in a pool. So it's a long like workup for him. There's one point where like he, he went on a dive and he had to come back up because he was going to vomit and he was going to vomit and he was going to drown in his mask. And they let, they just, like Tyson was willing to just let them air him losing it like that. And I give a lot of credit to that. I think that was really cool that he was very genuine about how afraid he was, how hard it was, and then how much he appreciated the sharks as he was doing it. Mm. Uh, Will Smith did a similar special, which he seems to have edited himself, which is not me critiquing it and saying it's bad. It's just, it's very, very personal throughout. There's mm -hmm. no Shark Week narrator. It is Will Smith 100% from the beginning to the end telling you about why he did this and why 
what the experience meant to him, which is all about that. Apparently Will Smith has always been afraid of the water, always afraid of drowning and afraid of sharks. So much so that until he was in his forties, Will Smith was convinced that when he was younger, he drowned and his mom had pulled him out of a pool and saved his life. And he told that story to his mother in his mid forties. And it turned out that he made that up. Uh, And he just created that fear. Um, So it was something that he really wanted to conquer and get over. And that's a really, really cool special as well. Um, Snoop Dogg came in and narrated one, which is basically a whole bunch of other people doing viral videos or shark experts talking about something. And then Snoop will just throw in his two cents, which is really entertaining. Uh, (laughs) Beyond that, as far as like new discoveries, um, they know now uh, where a lot of the great whites have moved on away from the area where the killer whales have been killing them for the past couple of years. They still haven't migrated back into South Africa. Um, They found three believed to be extinct shark species dating back to at least 1900, if not earlier. Hmm. Um, Trying to think if there were any other major ones. Any megalodons? No, of course not. (laughs) Uh, Don't be ridiculous. Uh, It was, it was a very good shark week. Oh, oh, this is, uh, uh, they, uh, the Georgia aquarium through shark week announced that they are doing, um, they built this exhibit, which is the first of its kind. It's this gigantic tank that they already have two tiger sharks in. They're going to add in hammerheads and bulls, hopefully. That's what they want to do. And they, not only is that insane, because no aquarium in the world has those sharks in captivity. So it'll be one thing just to see how well that goes. But on top of that, they've built two uh, cage rigs that uh, up to eight guests can go into. And the guests have air tanks supplied for them. And they're going to stand in the cage, and the cage will be lowered into the tank. And then it's on a track and the track will go all around and through the whole tank. So they get an experience around with all of the sharks in the tank. Aquarium roller coaster. This is something that the Georgia Aquarium is intending to open next year. That sounds awesome. Uh, That is bonkers and unbelievable. And uh, I'm going to be paying very close attention to how well those sharks do in captivity and how they're taking care of them. But if it's on the up and up, that is an incredible experience. Uh, Very incredible. A very awesome way for like people who don't want to like an affordable costs about the same as you doing like a regular slow budget cage dive that can go out for a single like couple hours, but you don't get a guarantee of seeing sharks when you do that. Uh, So that's shark week, baby. It was Uh was a good one. Mag says 45, 45th year anniversary of Jaws. Hot dog. It's true. Um, Real quickly before we move on, I forgot one thing. I've watched three episodes of Muppets now, which is the new Muppet series on Disney plus. That's more than me. It's aggressively not funny. I and that that's that a makes me. I, I don't. I don't know when I'm gonna get to episodes two or three. That, that makes, makes me, me sad. so sad. No, that yeah. makes me sad too because I really want the Muppets to have a win. Yeah, I, I, it makes the 2015 series, The Office inspired one, look much better. Yeah, I don't. I still never thought that that show wasn't good. Uh, like I thought it had problems, but I didn't think it was bad. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'd rather just have another season of that show, please. Remember yeah. when Lawrence Fishburne showed up and he's like, hey, Kermit, your show sucks. <laughs> and then he drives back. And then he comes back. And then he comes back. Hey, man, I'm sorry. That was rude of me. Oh, it's okay, Mr. Fishburne. Your show still sucks. <laughs> and he drives <laughs> off again. They, I, is that show on Disney Plus? Yes. yes. Uh, I that, never finished it. It is, it is worth going back to. The, the, it got better as it went is the thing, too. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people just dropped off automatically. Yeah. yeah. That show that show was quality. It knew how to use its celebrities. 
this 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 new show doesn't, uh, which sucks. I also forgot one thing. Um, it's, it's so um, uh, DC layoffs happened, and um, I watched an interview. Uh, uh, Mayfair Comic Con's happening right now, um, which is cool. And I watched a bunch of interviews. I watched one with Tom King, and mm-hmm. he talked about how um, what, what I and a lot of people think one of the best issues he's ever written uh, of a comic, uh, Super Friends. It's about a double date with Superman, Batman, mm-hmm. Selena, and Lois, and how every single person there hated the idea and tried to get it stopped. And then the book, it got published anyway, and now it's like one of the most revered issues he ever written. And I always just think, I'm like, man, some people upstairs just never know never know what they're talking about. It's, it's crazy. So uh, I read a lot of Batman this week. Uh, Tom King's Batman run ended last year. This, this year? I don't this know. Year. I don't know how time works anymore. Um, but I never read the final issue because his his departure from the comic was announced before it ended. So that immediately made me sad. I didn't want to finish it. Um, but I was like, hey, that Catbat book is coming out sometime soon or whenever. <laughs> so I decided to finish it. <laughs> That's the new Doomsday Clock. Oh, my God. No, but I want to read this It's one. the Phantasm. Yeah, yeah, the Phantasm, but I want to read this. Um, so I read like 40 issues of Tom King's Batman run over this past week. Um, spoiler alert, it's, it, I'm going to pick select issues to make my book club. But um, going through that and then actually finishing it, and I'm like, man, this really was an entire – this was almost 100 issues of a single so- solid story. And I'm like, oh, it makes me so sad because that final issue was so good. And like you can tell it was you can tell it was cut. You just like the way he was written it, it was it like it like feels like it. I'm like, oh, that's so sad. At least the, the last issue was still really good. Um, and it ends on a really high note, uh, which makes me really excited for whenever that maxi series eventually comes out. But um, I was uh, I read, like, getting to that, I read uh James Tinian the fourth Batman run because I read the first issue and thought it was whatever. So I decided I was still picking it up because I I didn't pick it up the full list or whatever. Um. I read like four issues of that and I, it's good. It's, it's good. It is a good, it is a very good comic book. Um, it's not the Batman that I'd want. It is, it is definitely taking kind of going back to traditional stuff, but Batcat is still there. I will say James Tinian tries to write Tom King dialogue and they are not the same writer. Like the, he still does like the Batcat stuff that like, makes it like really flirty. And it's, it, they're just two, two different writers. They usually, you shouldn't have to do that. Um, but I found the story of Joker war I think it's kind of lame, if I'm being honest. It, I'm just going to tell you what it is. Anyone reading it right now? No, I but I know what the I know what's happening. Okay, I'm going to spoil it because I don't give a shit. So, um, Joker is a billionaire. He has stolen Bruce Wayne's uh, money, and now Joker is turning Gotham into the city that it should be to fight Batman, to make Batman the best Batman he could be. And now Batman is broke. Um, it's it's like the opposite of Peter Parker. It's like the dance slot Peter Parker thing. It's like, yo, man, this idea is cool. Uh, I. I, I'm just so confused about like the, the just the story itself because like especially coming off Tom King's run, if you wanna if you wanna continue Tom King's run and do other thing, that's cool. But it's conflicting so many ideas that have been previous, previously established, right? If you wanna do your own stuff, like you should just cut hard. You should just cut hard and don't try to take some of your stuff and do this all big stuff because I don't think it works. Also, uh, punchline sucks. I'm, I, I, I don't know if you guys will read it, but I think Punchline sucks. Uh, there's a bunch of speculation about that character because she's a new Harley. No, she's not. She, there's no way she's a new Harley. She might look like a new Harley, but that is a, man, that is a, a uh, tropey simp, uh, simp for Joker character that I did not need after Harley, especially after the Harley Quinn show. I don't, I don't need that. Um, so that book is good, but I'm just like, oh man, I don't, the Joker War, after Tom King did the War of Jokes and Riddles, and now we have three Jokers coming out. I'm like, wow, Joker's cool, isn't he, you guys? <laughs> That's how I feel. 
<laughs> I don't know. I read a lot more Marvel comics these days. <laughs> um, um, I, I, I will tag in uh, just a couple last things about related to sharks. Uh, sharks. <laughs> Adam Devine did a did a cool thing. First off, Adam Devine gets a lot of credit for having tagged a tiger shark that ultimately led to them finding a tiger shark nursery, which is a big deal. And then um, and then they went to explore it, and uh, Adam Devine brought his buddies and cast members from Workaholics with him. Hell yeah! Um, and he took down waterproof DJ turntables to use music to call the sharks to them. Because music works, and that was very unique to watch. Um, because it's it does work, um, I'll, I'll watch but that it clip. but it was quite silly. Because uh, it's Adam Devine. And then um, the other thing is, uh, I got more involved with Shark Week Twitter than I ever have in my life. I love it uh, because I'm more involved with Twitter now than I ever have been in my life, <laughs> and and that led to me following a lot of people who talk about where Shark Week gets things wrong because they do, um, and because uh, some people talk out of their butt or don't do the research. Um, and uh, also brought a whole lot of attention, which I think is really cool, to, uh, yes, heavy metal uh, attracts sharks. Big big time. That's They're awesome. Um, yeah, uh, uh, so there's actually uh, a lot of good articles out there talking about why women and people of color who are marine biologists and marine experts and scientists are not featured as much on Shark Week. Uh, and that that's a little bit of a problem that's not getting enough attention. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's, it's changing, but very, very slowly. Um, and I thought that was a really worthwhile read. And I'm like, wow, you know, I never thought we'd be talking about, but, but I guess it makes sense. Like we got to talk about how the discovery channel isn't being diverse enough with its shark mm -hmm. experts. And that's, that's reasonable. Um, and the other thing is, uh, I, I definitely tweeted out some things. Uh, I'll try and find another one to tweet out. But there's, there's, you know, if you have any interest, there's Four Ocean. There's a whole lot of projects right now that are out there to help shark conservation, which is a big deal. And I'm always glad that Shark Week, amongst other things around Shark Week, are always promoting it, uh, trying to get the word out. Um, an example would be that there's a petition you can sign right now for the U.S. Uh, to stop allowing us to uh, kill makos that we actually accidentally catch when fishing. Um, that's still legal in the states, and it shouldn't be. Uh, they're they're not their population isn't that good, so uh, they're not endangered yet, but they will be. Um, so just check out those shark conservation things if you guys give a crap about the ocean. Man, I just, just got plugged. I that. just real quick, I watched a video that was. <laughs> so it's um, Metal Gear Solid Five is a Moby Dick allegory, um, and I watched this video describing Metal Gear Solid Five as the as an epic anti-war masterpiece, which it is. Uh, but it's all about Moby Dick. So the first half of the video is describing all about Moby Dick. Um, and I, and I realized that whaling was so heavy. I had no idea how bad whaling was in like the, the early 20th and like 19th century, like thousands of like, it was so like, we used a whale oil, whale blubber so much that like, it like destroyed their ecosystems. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad we're better about this now. But like seeing like, seeing like whale, uh, graveyards is never something I thought I'd see. It's crazy, crazy. That actually, that brings up two other good points. Um, there were a couple of specials that were talking about how much better some of the shark populations and the ecology of marine life in general is doing right now because of the pandemic, because humans aren't able to go to a lot of the places they yeah. are. Life in those areas has totally taken on a new, like, yeah. shape. Uh, in, it's amazing how fast these habitats have started to change, what animals have come back to areas that humans have just not gone to for months. 
Um, and I thought that was really cool that they had time to address that kind of yeah. effect that the current state we're living in now. Also, Brandon, you like Moby Dick. I forgot to mention <laughs> it. In Maneater, the very last animal boss you fight is basically Moby Dick. It's oh. a sick it's a it's a 60 foot sperm whale with that is white and has ropes and harpoons in it <laughs> angry angry red eyes that's awesome uh i have all three moby dick movies uh the gregory peck film the patrick stewart miniseries and the william hurt miniseries all of those are awesome yeah i uh though I, I, I really i really like the william hurt one yeah um all the footage from uh the video i watched was from the patrick stewart one and that looked mm -hmm. awesome that yeah. Anyway, let's move on to our news because it's now, you know, we got a lot to get through. Actually, the news isn't so bad. It's a lot of like kind of little things that popped up this week. And here's your bread and your butter. Here's your bread butter. Okay, okay, not in my ear, thank you. This is about um, our uh, catch up time. Yeah. Yeah. Got to uh, talk about the trucks. I only get one week a year. I, uh, for this wait all year <laughs> so this one actually goes against what i just said this one we'll probably be talking about a while for sorry Avatar... i forgot one thing ben brought up <laughs> dead by daylight and we should talk about the fact that dead by daylight added crossplay this week oh yeah i oh, meant yeah, to bring it, it, up. Ben brought it up that's true uh dead by daylight now allows you to crossplay across platforms because we've been playing a bunch of that so you can play on xbox with your friends who are on ps4 or on switch good. pc steam good, good, good. whatever okay go on i'm sorry okay Oh, yeah. Avatar The Last Airbender had some bad news this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Konitsko um, were the original creators of Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra, and they were working on the live-action series for Netflix. They have departed the series. They will have no involvement. Made it very clear. They will not have any involvement in it going forward. Um the, the the Instagram post from from Brian said that it was because the changes that Netflix wanted to make that they were adamant about were against the spirit of the show and they couldn't stand by it. It's uns that, it's unsubstantiated yet, but the rumors were that they wanted to make it much more like PG thirteen with like romance and sex. I've seen and, I've seen some mm -hmm. places saying that's not true. That's not true, but yeah. But but you know we don't know really yeah. who's saying the right thing, but I I have seen enough more than one place try to say that's not true that's okay. an exaggeration but okay. but we don't know yeah. another another thing i i saw because i also saw how um like netflix wanted to try and make it a little more they wanted to like up some romance maybe a little bit more set make it a little sexier and uh the creators were like hell no we don't want that another thing i read was that um they're like oh let's make it open to all actors whereas um, the creators were like let's try and cast like uh, appropriate casting not like whitewashing like the i don't the forbidden think thing. I don't think that that is true primarily because when Netflix first released the, 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 the thing for it, mm -hmm. the announcement was like, we're going to be casting appropriate mm -hmm. actors. Yeah. So I'm like, even if Netflix said that from the get go, I doubt that one's true. Yeah. I, well, I do the thing is the thing I read also someone came up and said, all oh, this was not true. So we still yeah, don't I, know exactly what happened. I do. I do think people have been wanting to create uh, a bigger fire where there is a fire yeah. uh, by trying to already say like uh, uh, trying to make people hate this adaptation before it even gets its legs. Now that the creators oh, yeah. have come out and said yeah. we're leaving the project. Yeah. Um, but so there could be some truth to it. But I'm I'm leaning towards I saw enough. No, these things aren't true. That we don't know the exact mm. reason why they left the project. I can't. 
I can't totally believe that it would be this far along. And those were some, some of the issues we're talking about were the ones that were happening and it took this long for the creators to leave. Yeah. They were on it for two years. I, I'd have to say that it has to be some things a, a little, a little lower obvious scale yeah. than the things that people are trying to say were the problems. Yeah. yeah. I think this is like, this is like an Edgar Wright situation, right? Where like, like they, they just didn't, they just didn't agree, agree creatively, creative uh, on a creative level. There you go. Creative uh, uh, words work. Um, and you know what? Like, <clears throat> If they weren't so heavily involved with this adaptation, I don't think I'd be so worried because how many adaptations have we seen where the creators aren't involved? Like we just watched yeah. Umbrella Academy, right? And that's pretty much its own its own thing. Um, like Doom Patrol, it's its own thing. But when when you get the guys, they got the guys because that movie sucks. The movie's mm -hmm. horrible, and it's like everything that's not cool about it. It was a it was a good faith thing. Yes, it was a good faith thing, and. They and working on it for two years, like if you didn't see that it was bad from the beginning, that that means they believed they could actually do this. Yeah. But two years go along, and just maybe just two years, and this just starts split, split, split until they realize I we just can't do it anymore. That yeah. sucks. Um, the show could still be good. It it's could. Just like, it's, said, it's not going to be that show, which it never okay. was going to. So I've been seeing. One of you pick. All right. So I've been seeing oh, quite a few reactions online, both from my personal friends and from other people who have been tweeting and commenting about this. And unfortunately, most of them have been negative because the yeah. second that the news broke out that uh, the original queers were leaving, they instantly started um, hating on this on this adaptation, which I kind of feel is a little unearned. I, I mean, I get it. Last Airbender PTSD, that movie was god awful. It shat on one of the greatest animated shows ever made. Well, it's what I we completely say, get it's that. It's what we say here. It's what we say here all the time. Like anything can be good. Exactly. Anything can be good. And just like what Ryan said, Umbrella Academy, amazing show. Does Gerard Way and Gabriel Blah have anything to do with it? No. They just created the blueprint and they well, went and they went and they took it to the races and had a good time with it. So they, they have an involvement in the show. They are producers yeah. on it. Oh. But they're not writing the scripts. But they're, exactly. Right. But the the different the difference is that the guy that the creators of this of the last Starbender would normally have been executive producers, but now yeah. they will have yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah they're that, not going to have and like the only thing and the only involvement the only times we're probably going to see their names pop up is in the opening credits when Avatar: Last Airbender created by uh, Brian and Michael. Yeah. yeah, that's about it. So, um, like, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen anything from it. It just this it's. Mm -hmm. It's a, just a bad sign from like, oh, the guys who made the show don't don't I don't want to be there anymore. I do think it's important yeah. to to acknowledge that. Uh, I think it was Michael's Facebook post uh, that said, um, "There's a lot of really good people still working on this that are there. Yeah, they're people yeah. we chose, people we hired, people we believe in are working on this. We're not right. saying it. You know, it's just we would not feel good about being a part of it. There's also an amount where I'm not saying this is the case. I'm just saying, you know, we we're at a point where we need to consider all angles of it, that they can love the baby too much. Yeah. Um, and it be, and be too sacred about it and not yeah. willing enough to bend from certain choices. And, and that's okay. Um, because they made the choice. Like if that is the case, then they chose to step away because that's, that's what it was. Uh, we can't judge. It's too early to judge. Mm -hmm. Um, the adaptation is going to come out and we're either going to like it or we're not. And we'll find out then I'm not taking this as a death knell for the series. Not that mine. Like a lot of, I feel like a lot of fans are, yeah. Because are. a lot of my, a lot of my personal friends who also love Avatar: Last Airbender and, of course, despise the movie. The second this news came out, a lot of them are saying, "Well, now I'm never going to watch it because the original creators are gone." See, and, and that's the like, whole, that's the whole thing is because they said we've got the original creators involved because they were trying to immediately kill that. 
which is yeah. what would have happened had they not had that front face of the original creators are here, don't worry, uh, because of the film. It's just mm -hmm. bad juju coming from the film. It doesn't mean this series is doomed. Of course um, it doesn't. We'll have to wait and see. Mm -hmm. yeah. I Frankly, I'm looking forward to it. I hope it come, It turns out awesome. And if it doesn't, well, bummer. We still have the animated one. We still got it. I'd rather have a Kyosho miniseries prequel. I would love that. Everyone wants that, oh yeah. Anyway. God, I would love a Kyoshi show. Every, everybody wants more animated Avatar. Yeah, we do. I, look, I'll be honest. Like, I'm interested in seeing the series. I haven't been that excited about it at all ever mm. since it was announced. I never felt like after the movie happened, I was like, I don't need live action Avatar. If it never happens, that's okay. Mm. Uh, so it was like, oh, that's cool that they're trying to do the series again, I guess. But I, I already... I got what I, I already am kind of mm -hmm. killed on it where I'm like, yeah, but I don't need it because the show is good. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. yeah. We'll. So what, what, what is, uh, in other Netflix news, uh, what movie guys, do you remember what, what the biggest movie of 2013 was? Give me a second. The biggest movie of 2013. One was year after Iron Man three. 47 Ronin. Oh, I saw that movie in theaters and I was the only one. Keanu Reeves, 47 Ronin. Uh, will... 2013? Yeah. Wow. That movie's, the movie has such a sad production story, man. I, this I is cool. But this is, I, yeah, I, uh, I forgot about that movie. I personally like it. It was fine. Um, but it is getting a sequel from Netflix and Universal Studios uh, from actor-director Ron Yuan, who will be in the upcoming Mulan. Um, he is going to direct the sequel, <laughs> a cyberpunk sequel to 47 Ronin. Cyberpunk. It's going to be, it's going to be, uh, uh, Ronin 2047. He says, he says, I'm incredibly excited to be working with Universal and the producing team on this genre blending martial arts, action, horror, and cyberpunk film. This will be a fun, intense, supercharged thrill ride for viewers globally. Huh. Why is this 47 Ronin if it's not 47 Ronin? <laughs> Maybe it's 2047 Ronin. That's, yeah. Uh -huh. um, so I, I remember being super interested in this movie because, um, weird comparison, uh, Sucker Punch. Uh, when you see the trailer for Sucker Punch without knowing anything about Zack Snyder, that movie looks cool, right? You got like you got like cool girls like with samurai swords fighting robot dragons. You can still watch any of those action sequences where it's just a music video yeah. and they're good. Yeah, uh, but um, much like uh, much like Sucker Punch, uh, 47 Ronin has a dope trailer in the movie. Uh, it's not good. Um, that movie originally was going to be about a different character that's not Keanu Reeves. And then the, the studio destroyed that movie because they didn't believe that a no, a no, a no uh, famous person could lead this movie. There was a guy whose entire body is covered in tattoos. You see him in the trailer for half a second. His entire role is cut from that movie, like entirely cut from that movie. And that's really sad because that, that, was, that looked like a cool movie that never you never got to see what it actually was. Uh, the fact that it's getting a sequel is crazy, but it's not a real sequel. So I'm just like, what? <laughs> it's written oh, by Chris real. Morgan, who did the Fast and the Furious movies. So, oh, okay. so like, it's got cool. It's a cool movie, but just like it's edited to shit. Like they destroyed that movie in, in the editing room, man. Yeah. So it's cool that it's getting a second chance. You're not really kind of. Kinda. I don't it's know. Cool. I love second chances though. So like. It's just weird because if you're not doing a feudal Japan movie, why is it 47 Ronin? It's yeah. like I couldn't understand. Maybe it's like that futuristic Zorro beyond whatever they were trying to do for a long time. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. 
I don't know. Weird. I, I didn't want that. Zoro Beyond. Yeah. Um, over on Peacock, the streaming service next door, uh, the, with the horrible name, McGruber. Will Forte's McGruber has received an eight half hour episode series pickup, season pickup. Hell yeah. Uh, will Forte will return to write the series and produce the series and star in the series as McGruber. Um, jo- Jorma Tacone, who is the director of the movie, will direct the series. Um, yeah. I'm only not excited because it's on Peacock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love McGruber. I, I, love, I, I love McGruber. Okay. I was, I've never, all I know about McGruber is that it's a spoof on MacGyver. And was that like Will Forte's SNL character or something? Yes. An SNL skit. Okay. Okay, gotcha. And now it'll be a show. Hell yeah. Okay. I mean, Um, good for him, because I have heard people talk about how much they love MacGruber. I'm like, cool, I've just never seen it. The uh, synopsis reads, after rotting in prison for over a decade, America's ultimate hero, an uber-patriot MacGruber, uh, is finally released. His mission is to take down a mysterious villain from his past, Brigadier Commander Enoch Keith, uh, with the entire world in the crosshairs. The Gruber must race against time to defeat the, the forces of evil, only to find that evil may be in Los Angeles. Your mic sounds like it went away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that whole description came out as... Yeah, you sounded like an adult from the Peanuts. Can you hear me? Now you're fine. That was weird for a second. Okay, that was weird. He's rotting in jail for a decade, and he might be a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Um... That first, that first movie, the, first, the MacGruber movie is awesome. Val Kilmer's like a really lame, hilarious bad guy in it. Um, yeah, I mean, all the all those SNL movies, like I like almost all of them. Like, I'm a big fan. We don't know uh, if Kristen Wiig will return. Yeah. Um, I yeah, Peacock. I'll probably I'll um, um I wouldn't be surprised if she did. She was willing to appear on like six episodes of Last uh, the Last Man on Earth. Yeah, with oh. Will Forte. So yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if she showed up. Uh, Tron 3. Hold up, before Still... we start... To- guys, time, hold up. Before we start, um, so, since my AC just died, um, Fanny just brought a fan in the room. Can you guys hear it at all, or is it bothering you? No. Nope. No? Alright, cool. Leave it on, babe. <laughs> I just want to make sure you guys were be like, what the hell is that noise in the background? Oh, no. Uh, alright, Tron 3, before I was derailed. Sorry. Uh, light railed? That works. Like, I'll take oh, that. that. Um... Tron 3 still does not have a green light. However, the Jared Leto starring Tron 3 just tapped Garth Davis for the movie Lion to direct the film. Apparently, he pursued this. Interesting. That's cool. Um, yeah. So Lion is a uh, is a hardcore drama, uh, and it's not unlike Hollywood to scoop up hardcore drama people to make big-ass Hollywood blockbusters. So, like, I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's going to be good. It's hard to tell. Lion but- was really good, apparently. I mean, we said it earlier when we were talking about the live-action Avatar, anything can be good, but I just want a sequel to Tron Legacy. I just want that. But, of course, well, this isn't a sequel. This is a reboot. No, So, and, yeah, uh, it is It is being talked about as a, as a reboot, but that could change in the production. Look, the movie, still doesn't, have, the movie still doesn't have yeah. a green light. It is not officially happening no, yet. No, I feel like Tron 3 has been in the... It's been in limbo hell ever since it came out in 2011. No, 2010? 10 years. Ten yeah, years. 10 years. And I mean, for, for me, because I did become a Tron fan until Tron Legacy came out. And I mean, I really enjoy that movie. That I think that movie's fun. That's and, fun I, and I've, yeah, I enjoy the technical 
how the technical wizardry of the original Tron. I think, wow, that's some really good shit. Real quickly, real quickly, Jared Leto is being talked about this, this film. Uh, Cillian Murphy is right there, guys. Yeah. He is the, but, in, the, in Tron Legacy. Yeah, but if you're not going to make it a sequel, then you can't use yeah. it. Make it a sequel. I agree no, with I, you. Yeah. That's the thing is, like, I don't know. I have no interest in a reboot. I have no, I have no interest. Look, I like Tron. I like Tron Legacy. I have no interest in a movie that is attempting to redo anything associated with those first two films. Just continue the story from Tron Legacy. In fact, I'll be honest, I'm not 100% interested in going back to the grid. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. If you, because I, uh, this was, there was only three news stories we talked about on on the, the Justin White podcast, and this was one of them. Um, just, why are you not continuing with a sequel? You made a sequel to a movie 30 years later. Uh, uh, and if people like Tron Legacy, uh, I think I think it's good. I like it, but most people like that movie, even if it underperformed. Uh the movie ends with a robot girl escaping into the real world. You could have an entire movie about like a digital reality. Like you can do mm-hmm. so much shit, but they're just gonna reboot it and maybe start from scratch again. I'm like, you, the, the 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 premise is That's so. A- it's like the Jurassic World ending, but like great. Like, oh man, the, yes. the possibilities are endless. Yes, I, I want to see the implications of what was established in Tron Legacy played out outside of the Tron world, mm-hmm. uh, outside of the Tron game, out of outside of specifically that grid. What happens when the world discovers the but, grid? But in other places, because I'm not, I'm not interested in going back to the grid. Yeah. The grid is a self-contained inside inside of an arcade. This entire this entire world, this fake reality, that's a real reality. What what happens when the real world meets that? Like that is that is. Oh, I was talking. This is the great point I had. What big sci-fi movies does Disney have as a as a franchise? None. Exactly. Not Star they, Wars. Yeah, but I mean, not Star Wars. That's okay, Star what Wars. Disney original ones? None. Exactly. Oh, wait. Gonna- black hole. Black hole, guys. Black hole. I'm waiting for a black hole remake. I'll take that. But man, <laughs> like, Tron work. They had that TV show. I don't know if people like that show. Yeah, Mac um, just mentioned Tron Uprising right now. Yeah, that show's awesome. That show's cool. awesome. Is that um, on Disney Plus? Because I remember watching it on Netflix for a hot second, then I stopped watching it, but I really liked the first I don't few episodes. Know. I don't I know. Just, I haven't checked. I Tron check. is so cool. Like, Actually, just I can check right now. Cool. Like, they, they have such a cool premise. Like, it, it's not hard to, like, just do something cool in that world like you don't have to reboot it you can keep going forward always yeah forward. yeah tron is cool and uh you're you're absolutely right they had such a cool thing oh shit Grace Sherman's on there. i, I like don't it. know what audience they think they're going to pull in with trying not to like trying not to continue from the previous one yeah. because the previous one had fans and then has only gotten more fans mm-hmm that's if you're making another Tron movie, that's who you're banking to. You're not banking to some new audience that's suddenly going to discover Tron now for the first it time. It honestly reminds me of of like the Godzilla franchise. Like you can have these amazing like super special effects, like super dope movies, but just sometimes like like an American audience just doesn't react to it. Like yeah. it just it, whether it's the marketing or just people don't care about cyberspace or giant monsters. Like at least Americans don't. I don't know what it is, but like I don't know. So I, I am Tron, proud to. Re- don't seem to care. I don't know. So I am proud to report that Tron Uprising is in fact on Disney Plus. Plus, it that's up. true. Ben Magnet's proud to report it. He's a proud reporter of this fact. That show I, has there, Bruce, that show has Bruce Boxlinger reprising his role as Tron. Yes, it does. Awesome, awesome. It also has Elijah Wood in that as the main character too. Mm-hmm. Like Elijah Wood, I want to say Mandy Moore as well. Ooh. That actually that's a really yeah, good cast. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So real and. 
kind of considering the theme of animation. Um, DC fandoms coming up next week, guys. Uh, it looks kind of awesome. I'm kind of I'm you excited. Felt sure awesome before all these layoffs, huh? <laughs> Superman, oh. the Superman Man of Tomorrow, the the new animated uh, DC movie uh, with the cool arts that we talked about the trailer a little while ago. It will be premiering for free on DC fandom. You can stream the movie from the event for 24 hours. I think that's awesome. That that is. Watch the movie for free. Hell yeah, that's great. Um, uh, 24 hours. That's well, the event's works. 24 hours, and it'll, it plays three times in that span. Yes, you have to be watching it live. Uh, oh. You can't just, like, sometime that day, click it and start it. You have to be watching it when it's airing live. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, Bit of, right. but, but still. See, here's the thing. I'm curious how that works, because for the mainstream Comic-Con thing, it's live, like, all day long, right? But if you miss an interview, when it's live, you can really just move the timestamp to three hours ago when an interview is happening. So I'm wondering, are they, using, are they not using YouTube? Uh, I don't know. If I don't they're using know YouTube, they can't stop that. So I, it's, I through, it's, it's through their DC. It's DCFandom.com. We'll be streaming through there. Okay. Um, That's not and easy. I don't think it's going to be YouTube because DC, because YouTube will copyright most of that shit. Um, yeah. And uh, I think they're just doing it like how just like a panel has a video, a panel has a video, a panel has a video. Yeah. yeah. Instead uh, of just one continuous. But they were they were pretty specific in the language and saying they want this to be like a live thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you have to be watching it at the time you would be at the panel. Yeah. Or you're not watching. It. I mean that's cool. Okay. I'm into it. Yeah. I mean they I'm and also, to... uh, Brandon, you said they're gonna give you three time three chances to watch it, right? They have the premiere and then the encores. Yeah. Still, you got a chance to watch it. So yeah. good. I say good on them. Because it's a three hour. It's a twenty four hour event. And then uh, Bruce Tim has announced that he is doing a new animated, a new animated Batman movie, um, Batman Soul of the Dragon. Uh, oh. It's going to be in his art style. Uh, the story is it's an original story that sees Bruce Wayne face a deadly menace from his past with the help of three former classmates, world renowned martial artist Richard Dragon, Ben Turner and Lady Shiva. Yeah. Oh, uh, so Richard Dragon um, is a villain. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so is so is um, Turner. That's a uh, Ron Steiger. Ron Steiger. Uh, yeah. And then Lady Shiva is a, the greatest assassin on the planet. So, like, I'm into that. Yeah, I like I um, like using your characters. That's cool. Bruce Timm's art style. Yeah. Um, this will star David uh, Giantoli. I hope so. As Batman, <laughs> Mark Dacascus, Dacascus as Richard Dragon, Kelly Hugh as Lady Shiva, Michael Jai White as Ben Turner, Bronze Tiger. Hey, is Paul uh, Seiger in, in uh, Arrow? Yeah, Michael yeah. J. White was, yeah. was, yeah, that's dope. That's awesome. Yeah. I wonder uh, if, because Richard Dragon was in Arrow as a villain too. He's, he's the, wasn't it look like uh, the dragon? Yes. Yeah, so I wonder if that's the same actor too. Oh. Um, James Hong as O Sensei and Josh Keaton as Jeffrey Burr. I'm kind of bummed that, uh, is this the, is this like the first Bruce Timm film where Kevin Conroy isn't the voice of Batman or has there been one Gods before? and Monsters. That one wasn't Bruce Wayne though. That was Kirk Langstrom. You, uh, yeah. you said Batman. You said Batman. Okay. Okay. I'll let you have that one. Then say Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I'm excited. It looks cool. The screenshot looked awesome. Hopefully coming out in 2021. So. All right. I'm into it. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is coming back in an unexpected way. Skip. Welcome to Blumhouse. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not an Alexa man. Um, <laughs> the Fresh Prince of Bel Air is getting rebooted as a drama. 
um, as a hard, hard hitting drama with Will Smith teaming up with Morgan Cooper, the creator of the viral video of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, as a uh, as a drama uh, from last year. Skip. Yeah. Okay. That's it. I mean, that's it. It's called Bel Air. Okay. You know what? No, I'm I'm sorry. Fresh Prince of Bel Air is a comedy. To hear that it's because it's. I mean, yes, there were dramatic. And Will parts, Smith but... is Will Smith is doing it. Yeah, he I is. Mean, comedy but if you watch that show there's a lot of drama in that show still there is like who i mean of course there's the the famous scene that's been particularly why don't we have a roof okay that's that that television show is a dramedy let's be honest yeah it is with a laugh track you cannot tell me sitcom dramedy you cannot tell me that episode with his father is a comedic episode that is the most shit you will ever watch that is oh that is look that clip just breaks my heart every time i watch it it's it's cool that will smith was moved by the video yeah. It's cool that he's like, man, I want to, I want to give you an opportunity to do something. He could have given him an opportunity to do a lot of things that didn't have to be. Let's remake Fresh Prince as your silly idea, which is cool for like one video, yeah. but not necessarily a show everyone wants to watch. Yeah. Anything can be good, right? Yeah, anything can be good. Be good. It doesn't mean I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I mean, it uh-huh. takes of 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 like a a poor kid living with a bunch of rich people. So like, I can. Like, I'm not inherently against it if it's, you know, still going to be, like, a black family dealing with all that stuff. Like, it could be actually... Which I'm sure it will be. Yeah, so I'm sure it could be it could be important and cool while still reflecting Will Smith. Like, I'm not immediately I'm not immediately against it. Uh, if... Let's... I'll, I'll wait and see. I'll yeah. tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm more interested in the idea of taking the basic premise of what it is rather than, like, what that viral video showed and, like, recreating the family. I'd rather you just take the basic theme of what that was... And then apply it to modern existence and like tackle it that way. I bet it would. That would be fine. But I feel like it's going to try too hard to recreate the same dynamic of the original, mm-hmm. which I don't need because you don't have those people. And that, that was their dynamic. Yeah. Recipes, Uncle Phil. So, Welcome to Blumhouse uh, is a new thing coming up um, on Prime Video. It's basically Blumhouse doing us. Uh, how many movies? Eight. Eight? Eight movies, eight original movies. They'll have a common theme. Uh, the first two are going to premiere on October 6th. Uh, that consists of The Lie, which is written by, written and directed by Vina Sud, Joey King, Peter Sarsgaard, and uh, Muriel Enos, I hope, will star. Uh, two parents must deal with the aftermath of their daughter's shocking confession to killing her best friend. That sucks. And... Uh, uh, Black Box. Black Box is about a single father who lost his wife and memory in a car accident. After ongoing experimental treatment, he will begin to question who he really is. Uh, Mamadao Athi, uh, Philly, Felicia, oh, that's easy, Felicia Rashad, and Amanda, and Amanda, what's wrong with me? Amanda <laughs> Christine will star in it. Um, <laughs> It is directed by Emmanuel Ose Kufor Jr. It will be written by him as well and Stephanie Herman. That's cool. I like, I like Blumhouse just fine. Um, Evil Eye and Nocturne will premiere on October 13th. Those are the next, those are the next uh, uh, four. Three, two. <laughs> are you okay, Brandon? I'm good. I got COVID. Um, <laughs> Evil Eye is being executive produced. By Priyanka Chopra Jonas, uh, with okay, Elon Dasani and Raviv 
Dasani directing. Bless you. It will follow a mother who becomes convinced that her boyfriend's new boyfriend, that her daughter's new boyfriend, Jesus, shares a connection to her own past. Okay. Because when you said boyfriend's new boyfriend, I'm like, <laughs> it's spicy. <laughs> Um, and then Nocturne, uh, Nocturne will be directed by Zoo Quirky Quirk in her feature film debut. Uh, it explores an elite arts academy where a young music student discovers a mysterious notebook that belongs to her recently deceased classmate. It's and then the last, huh? It's death note. And then the last four will be next year in October. Okay, cool. Get so sound fun? Making, uh, making, making cheap movies as you do. Making my way downtown. Walking so fast. I actually think some of these look interesting. Sound interesting. Yeah, I know a lot of horror movies that sound interesting that suck. Not true. <laughs> um, Give me trailer. All right. So before we get into our major DC Comics news, we got more news. I'm not. This isn't me transitioning into our topic. Um, our major DC comic news. Uh, we'll touch on this briefly, but I wanted to give this its due because uh, um, DC Comics did have some other news that wasn't about you know their shitty lives yeah. um they announced the creative team for detective comics 1027 um with peter j and brad walker brad michael bendis and david marquez matt fraction Zip, chip the darcy your voice is missing yeah. seriously no you're fine that's so weird brandon i think it's i think it's something when you turn away all right i'll stop turning away chat while i take a swig of water yeah hey man detective comics 1027 that's that's definitely batman's 1000th appearance there have never been any other comics outside those 10 1027 that's it quenched quenched my thirst quenched my thirst uh okay peter j tomasi and brad walker brian michael bendis and david marquez great matt fraction and chip zadarsky greg rucka and eduardo riso james sinney in the fourth and riley rosmo Kelly Shudakonic and John Romita Jr. Half a great team. Okay. <laughs> You're fine. Marv Wolfman and Emanuela Lupacino. It's a great team. Grant Morrison and Chris Burnham. Hell yeah. Tom King and Walter Simonson. Oh, Walt. Scott Snyder and Ivan Reese. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Jurgens and Kevin Nolan. Yeah. And Mariko Tamaka, Tamaki yep. and Dan Mora. Hell yeah, Dan Moore. Oh, uh, I also read uh, Wonder Woman by Mariko Tamaki. Uh, that book's that book's uh, it's pretty it's pretty good. It's good. It's 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 odd reinventing the wheel. It's good. Art art is really good though. You're two Hell issues, yeah. You're two issues in. Yes. Yeah. They love man. People love Maxwell Lord when they write Wonder Woman. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other history of the well, DC universe to, to hit on a particular film right now. Yes, so. you're you right. Uh, the other history of the DC universe. Uh, it has a new release date. It was uh, talked about before COVID. Uh, obviously, things happened. So this it's coming out November 20th, 2020, this year. And it'll be five issues long. Uh, John Ridley, we know who the art team that is joining him. You know, he's the writer of 12 Years a Slave. Um, and he'll be writing this series, which is about the minority, the perspective of the DC Universe from the minority characters, such as Black Lightning, Vixen. Um, he's being joined with art by Giuseppe uh, Camancoli and Andrea, and Andrea Cucci. Yeah. 
So uh, I have I have uh, this little quote here that I like. It's um, the five issue series reframes iconic moments from DC's history, exploring them through DC's representation uh, the representation of traditionally disenfranchised groups. It centers around Jefferson Pierce and his daughter Thunder, um, Harold and Bumblebee, the Question, Renee Montoya, and Katana. Um, and those are all minority characters. That's awesome. That is so dope. I love when they do this. I'm glad this book didn't just get straight up canceled because that, mm -hmm. that would piss me off. This book was announced two years ago and I was like, what is this book? And I'm like, oh, right. It was announced two years ago. Um, mm -hmm. I'm so more important this year. Yes. hundred mm percent. -hmm. I'm so glad it's coming out. Me too. I'm excited. And then uh, sweet tooth, which is, um, the new Jeff Lemire sweet tooth novel, uh, graphic novel called sweet tooth. The return It's going to be a six issue reimagining series. Uh, it reads, Sweet Tooth, The Return is no rehash of the original series, but rather a bold reimagining of the Sweet Tooth mythology, taking elements of the, of the original series and remixing them into something familiar but totally new. A divided world, a planet long ago past the point of devastation, and at the center of it all, a child who didn't ask to be born into any of this, but who has no choice but to try and forge some life for himself. His, vision, his visions and dreams may not be real at all, they may just be fiction, but they are hope, and sometimes hope is enough. Sounds sweet. That's awesome. Um, man, that's. I thought this was just like like a sequel book, but the fact that it's like a almost like a Dragon Ball Z Kai, like a reimagining and just like adding bits and making it flesh more fleshed out. I'm like, that's super interesting. Uh, yeah. I like that. I mean, Jeff Lemire is no like like he does Black Hammer. Uh, he's known for big big world building. So um, that's cool that he likes this series enough to come back and like do it again in a weird way. Um, yeah. I've read Sweet Tooth. It's, some, it's one of the one books I've missed. Um, i got to get on it. Uh, that's out November 3rd. And kind of their, their bookend to, the, to their kind of news horribleness was that they that the solicitations for, their, for the November books have been released and we noticed a bunch of cancellations. Oh, boy. Uh, Kelly Sudeconic has confirmed that she is, in fact, leaving... Aquaman at issue 65. That book may still go, though. We don't know. It was not officially canceled. Um, I don't think they're going to cancel it. She she said specifically that like it, it was her leaving on her terms. Yeah. There's actually, we'll talk about it. Uh, more more of these books are that way than than what it appears to be. Right. It, it comes at a bad time is yes. what happened. And that's what I, that's why I wanted to bring it up now, because like this is like this has not to do with what just happened. These were yeah. going anyway. It's coincidental, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Constantine Hellblazer, uh, which is the new Sandman universe book, will be ending with issue 12. He, the guy who, who writes it was like, it's COVID soul. Simon Spurrier, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that one sucks. Yeah, that one's... Yep, that's terrible. Yeah, that book, people then, love that book. Yeah. Suicide Squad, we found out, surprisingly, that it will end with issue 11, not canceled, ending. Yeah. Uh, 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 Tom Taylor, James Taylor, not Tom. Tom Taylor said that he, um, he's ending it and he's going to bring the character somewhere else. I also think he's ending it to go to Justice League, personally. Man, like, they... We'll talk about it with the layoffs, but, like, I don't know what's going to go on with, with the comics in the next in the next month, year or so. And, like, mm -hmm. they need to put Tom Taylor on something real because that dude gets nothing but alternate history books. And those are great. That dude's a great writer, but they've never given him a chance to really cement his, his take in the DC universe, and that's got to change. Yeah, that's agreed. too talented to be stuck on the sidelines. I think... I do think... He's left Suicide Squad to do Justice League. I hope so, man. That'd be great. Me too. Uh, Young Justice, surprisingly, will be ending with issue 20. This is the Brian Michael Bendis one. Uh, it looks like, because they threw a shit ton of money at Brian Michael Bendis to make comics, that this is just him like, I don't want to write it anymore. Instead of give it to someone else and have that awesome teen representation, let's just cancel the book. 
Yeah. Well, well I still have a complete run of something. I saw someone post a really, I think, valid interpretation of the problem with Bendis writing teen, teen characters anymore, which is they sound like what we, and a few years older than us, used to sound like when we were teenagers, but not like what teenagers sound today. So yeah. they're not pulling in the young readers. They're pulling in us who yeah. remember being teenagers. Yeah, I don't personally like I, it anymore. No, I, I think Bendis's uh, time writing the youth characters might have seen its day. Yeah, yeah agreed. Um, Teen Titans will be ending with issue 47. That's not surprising. Who was reading that? Yeah. Um, and then Hawkman, kind of, kind of not really surprising to me, but sad. Uh, we'll be ending with issue 29. I like the book a whole lot. Yeah. These are uh, weird that... numbers to go out on. Yeah. Yeah. And so like Aquaman, I'm pretty sure Aquaman's going to continue because Red Hood and the Outlaws just got a new solicit for its new creative team. And mm -hmm. if you're not going to cancel Red Hood and the Outlaws after all that shit, then like you, you can't cancel Aquaman. Just get a new creative team. I don't see them canceling Aquaman. No, I don't either. Yeah. Uh, they didn't cancel Flash, Wonder Woman. Yeah. They don't. They uh, weren't. They're not gonna cancel them. I'll tell you what. Uh, I haven't read a Red Hood and the Outlaw or Red Hood book in like ten years, but I might buy Fifty One because they immediately sold me on the creative team and the new look, and I'm like, all right, cool. Who's the cool. creative team for Fifty One? I haven't seen I don't it. Remember, but it's not. It's not Scott Lobdell. So well, yeah, he's gone. Yeah. It could have been a monkey, and Ryan would be like, I'm buying it. <laughs> yeah, I want to support that guy. I like. No. Want to support that monkey? Yeah, Detective Chip. Hell yeah. <laughs> Um, no, okay, and then oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was I was gonna say because Young Justice is the only DC book I have on my pull list right now, and once that's over, sorry, that's it because I stopped reading Venice's uh, Superman. I mean, I didn't hate it; I was liking it, but not as much it's as fine. I'm liking the other stuff. Superman right now? No. Huh? No. I don't, even know, I don't even know what's going on in that book anymore. Like, I don't see anyone on comics Twitter talking about it. Like, I just don't think anyone cares, and that sucks. Yeah. It really bums me out because I was so. Remember how all four of us were just we're so very stoked. Excited. Bend this Superman poster up. Yeah, I know. It's still up uh, there, right? I think I think it's I think it's stunning that he's on both Superman main titles and no one's talking about either. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And we're writing Legion and like no one's buying Legion. I'm not even buying it. That's crazy. Yeah, I just don't care about what he does with the DC universe personally. Feel... And kind of because he's he's encroaching more and more onto it. Like I'm losing interest in the DC universe because I'm like, I don't know if I like your vision of it. Of just yeah, what it could be. It could yeah. be, and you could also be butting heads with people at DC too. So, I, mean, I don't, we don't know what's going considering, on. Considering considering the money they spent on him, I doubt it. You're very I'm, right. I I'm a whole lot of money on him. I'm uh, not caught up enough, but my take at the moment of what I've experienced of Bendis at DC is, I think he would have been great at DC six or seven years ago. Hmm. I think that this just isn't a good time. For his yeah. his particular ideas, I don't think that they tune well either to the world as the world is in real life or what the comics uh, have become. And uh, I think he would have been more perfectly lined up in a pre-rebirth world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Like honestly, honestly, if his Superman stuff had been the New Fifty Two Superman, I would have liked New Fifty Two Superman more. I think True. that would have been the right period of time for these stories. But although who, that that but action post, comics run is getting is aging very well, uh, but post yeah. uh, the rebirth, Jonathan Kent introductions and things like that, I don't think his uh, his takes 
are where things should be anymore. Right. So agree. question to the three of you, because you three have obviously read a whole lot more Brian Michael Bess than I have. What was the last thing he wrote for Marvel, and what was like the last really, really good thing that he wrote? Well, the last thing he wrote for Marvel was Ultimate Spider-Man. No, it was just, just, just Spider-Man at the time. Just, just Miles Morales Spider-Man. Um, I will say yeah. the last he, he did a Defenders miniseries that was excellent. It's true, excellent. It had David Marquez art. Uh, mm-hmm. he, man, the, the biggest thing that sucks is David uh, or, or Bendis took all of his dope art friends to DC because like Matt Fraction and Steve mm-hmm. Lieber and Chip Zdarsky are all at DC now, and Chip does both sides thankfully. Okay, so uh, follow-up question to Ryan: When did that come out? Uh, that came out when the Defenders TV show came out, so like two, three years ago. So 2016. Two or three years ago, I don't remember. Okay, but like he was, these were the last things he wrote before he went to yeah. Superman. He did Civil War two around the same time. As it was well. it, Civil yeah. War two okay. was just before. Yeah. Uh, he was still doing Miles Morales. Miles Morales was the last thing. The last issue he wrote was a Miles Morales issue. Yeah, okay. he did the ultimate, uh, ultimate the end. Yeah, uh, yeah. and he did, uh, and he did uh, the the Defenders miniseries, and all when of that, it, and all of that came out solid. Yeah. When did Infamous Iron Man came out? Because he wrote that. Around oh oh way before that no that's before that's after that that's after Secret Wars so that's like twenty no 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 I meant before defend no defenders, defenders was like series. when when the TV show came out so 2017-2018. he wrote like seven books at once at Marvel you guys gotta remember that yeah. because the re- the reason why I asked that question is that ever since because I feel like the past few years even um his because I remember Ryan how much he was talking about how the bad Civil War two was and that's a Bendis book I don't and like for Civil a while. And for a while, we were talking about how, even though Bendis was going over to DC, um, I feel that ever since he went to DC, his writing has kind of been in a slow but steady decline. I don't know if it's if it's just a decline or just like he writes. He's written such a specific way for so long. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if it maybe works for the way DC tells its stories. Maybe because mm-hmm. like there is a there is a difference between Marvel and DC. Like they're they're. Right. Car- DC has characters that are gods and Marvels are more personal. That's always kind of been how it's been. You can make it more personal on each side, but I just wonder if Bendis's like his the way he writes just doesn't work for DC. I my my biggest issue with him is how he handles the street level DC heroes. I don't think he handles them well because he can't get their voices down because right. they're not the same as the Marvel street level heroes. Yeah. Right. Um like qu- the question is not Daredevil. Um right. not even and, close. <laughs> and then you have like uh, I really hate how he writes Lois Lane. I hate yeah. it. I think it is so sexist. Yeah. It is just every single time Lois Lane is on screen, she is in her underwear. Oh, yeah. I hate it. I hate it. Anyway. Man, okay. like, yeah, Bendis works really well. Let's see the thing. He does write really great team team books. Like That's what he That's what he cut his teeth on at Marvel. Oh, like, I, I fell in love with his first six. His, the first six issues of Young Justice, I was in love with it. I was eating it up. Yeah. It's just so crazy because like the things that he was so good at at Marvel seemed to be biting him in the ass at DC. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's weird. Okay. Oh, Green Arrow oh. is not Luke Cage. No, that's a horrible example. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get, talk about some some exciting news from 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 comic books. Image Comics has said that they're going to release Reckless, which is Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips' new project. Um, it's a pulp adventure, three part graphic novel series. So they're going to come out as large graphic novels. That's uh, all they've been doing the last literally like five years of their career. Because Pulp, funny you say Pulp, uh, they just released Pulp in comic stores like a couple weeks ago, yeah. which is a Western uh, self-contained original graphic novel. Brubaker and Phillips are like, dude, the, the industry, like the people I follow on Twitter, like all the big writers, they admire uh, Phillips and Brubaker so hard because they are living the dream. 
Brubaker and Phillips get to create their own comics. They come out like every three months. It's just their own self-contained stuff and everyone buys them. They're the Quentin Tarantino of comic book uh, creators. For real. Like every couple months they just release, bam, here's the new OGN. It's dope and it's not tied to anything else. Uh, and I'm I'm so happy that he gets to do that because not everyone yeah. gets to do that. I'm so yeah. excited about the book. Uh, it, it says, meet Ethan Reckless. Your trouble is his business. <laughs> Great. For the right price... But uh, but when a fugitive from his student radical days reaches out for help, Ethan must face the the only thing he fears his own past. So it's pretty pulpy. Yeah, yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. All right, trailers. Uh, t- Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven had a new trailer. Yes, I hope I hope it was the same trailer we all talked about uh, the three different the three different. Uh... Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, it's an open world RPG where you can choose. Um, you want to start as a rich guy, a poor guy. You want to live down in the middle of the desert beautiful stuff um i'm gonna play this game so much it's it's crazy this game looks so good you guys um it is just so dense and they didn't even show any of like the skill tree stuff or any of like the rpg elements just the story and how good the game looks um i am so ready to be lost in this game for the rest of my life yeah it looks they fun still they still haven't shown any keanu keanu is the voice in your head the entire game like they're they're hiding keanu and that's the that's the best thing they can do because it's gonna be you such know what people do. keep hiding keanu Fact, yeah, I know. Just, just keep doing that. I love how you could. I love how you could. You get to choose exactly how you start. That just adds another level of character customization. Customization. I think it's great, and I, I cannot wait. I'm yeah, really looking forward to Cyberpunk. It looks. It is. It's. It's. It looks so different from The Witcher because, like, it's it's in first person. It's a first person shooter, but like, it, they're just so talented. They can do the fantasy and the sci-fi, man. Like, I'm CD Projekt Red. It's like, all right. This kind of oh, I, I don't know if this is a fair comparison because obviously one's been out for a long time and the other and we don't know and this the other one hasn't. I feel this is what this is going to be one of the most perfect RPGs, in the sense of you can do whatever you want, kind of like in Skyrim, how you can do yeah. whatever you want in that game. But whereas in Skyrim, I mean, you have that main quest, but in this one, you get to choose where you start. You get to choose how you progress. I mean, you get to choose so many things in Cyberpunk, and I. Just the level I mean, of customization in this game, I don't think I've ever seen it before. Um, uh, yeah, uh, my favorite game, Mass Effect 2. Uh, uh, Mass Effect 1's the original game. The original game, that's what also you pick. You can pick to be a spacer. You're born in space. You're born into a military family, or you okay. were born on the streets. And okay. the great thing about RPGs like that is whenever you pick that thing, like if you pick up poor, then every character reacts to like you being up in that environment, which is exactly what our cyberpunk's gonna do. If you if you live in the desert, the people in the city aren't gonna like you. If you live if you're a super rich guy, the people in the city aren't gonna like you. If you start in the city, then the people on both sides don't like you. And it's just such a different dynamic for all the character growth. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Yes, give it to me. Just give me choice. Uh, I love games. Let me do whatever I want. I love it. And uh, control, the game you talked about up top. That had a DLC trailer a couple weeks ago, but we didn't talk about it. Yes. Um, so yeah, I started to play control again and it's, it, I got to the mission called like find the awe, find the awe. Right. And the, in the awe in control is an altered world event. Um, it's, it's, it's something like, uh, so you have objects of power, which can be just anything. And then once it's extrapolated to big, uh, uh, altered world events, it's like an entire city is being attacked by something or, or by something paranormal. Um, 
it, you, I, so Alan Wake, I watched all of Alan Wake uh, in, a, in a Let's Play. I watched all the cutscenes because it's a game that I played when it came out 10 years ago. I didn't think the gameplay was particularly good, but I loved the story, but I didn't finish it. So 10 years later, I watched a three-hour cutscene of all of it. There's so many control things in that game 10 years before control was made. It's awesome. And it's like, again, like comic book world building where something really bad happens in Alan Wake. You are like, all right, listen, here's a phone number. If I die, you need to call these people. They're the only people who can handle this. Ten years later, a game about those people is made. Uh, it's fantastic. So the trailer for the Alan Wake expansion, Awe, it's called Awe. Um, it's about Alan Wake and how the town of Bright Falls was an altered world event. So you're going to be exploring. The, the, I, we don't know the whole story, but you're going to be going to Bright Falls in some way and exploring the stuff with Alan Wake. And the guy you see at the end of Black White is Alan Wake, and he's a narrator. And Alan Wake's all about a writer going to a small town that's in, that's uh, encompassed by darkness, and anything he writes comes into re becomes real. So it's about a horror writer, and the town is using this horror writer to manifest its own evil. It's it's Twin Peaks is shit, my man. It's so good, and we're going to be exploring that in control with all of our crazy superpowers. I'm just like, oh man, this feels like a comic book event, but in video cool. games. And it's, again, only something that time can give us because this game came out 10 years ago. Um, and I'm just, uh, the, the internet, like, the people who love Alan Wake really love it. It's like, uh, it's like the split glass of video games. It's 100% yeah. that, yes. Um, but Control's good and Glass is, is pretty okay. Um, I'm just like, this is a really cool moment in video games because it's like, oh, man, like, Remedy is a studio that everyone loves, but their games don't really sell. Like, they're a very niche kind of studio. Control is their biggest selling game, thankfully. Um, and it looks like because of that, they, were got, they got to make the thing they've always wanted to make. Uh, which is a shared universe game. And they've already announced that they're making the next game that is a sequel to all of their games. And it is a shared world game. Uh, and that's just so exciting. That's it's really so cool. Exciting. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like the, the troll hunters of video games. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, uh, Away. The new Sandra Bullock. Right, Sandra Bullock? Oh, no. Hillary Swank. No, no. Uh, Hillary, yeah, Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. Uh, this is her new Netflix thinking of Bradley. Right. Which this reminded me a lot of. Yeah, I I love space. I I I'm a, I don't watch many dramas like like lovey dramas. It's just not not my thing. Um, this kind of looks like a like a this is us in space. Like oh man, these people are going through some sad stuff, but they're also in space. I'm like that's cool. I don't know if I'm gonna watch it. I'm sure it has its audience. I love that this is even being made. You know, a space drama. Um, yeah. but not really for me. I don't think there's nothing in it that made me feel like it needs to be a television show. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you yeah. could do a movie. I know it's yeah. been done before. Yeah. And really what's unique about this is that it's a television show. Um, I've seen that, Astro. But uh, I, I mean, it, nothing about it makes me feel like this couldn't just be a good film. But mm -hmm. uh, it's a show. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, probably not. It looks good. But I, I kind of agree with Sparks. It probably will have done, it might be better as a movie. I mean, I honestly don't know if I'm going to watch it. Here's but... the thing. Here's the thing. Nothing, nothing about it particularly looks good to me. Mm -hmm. Just as I would say, like when the first "This Is Us" trailer came out, saying as a person who hasn't watched "This Is Us," but uh, when the first "This Is Us" trailer came out, nothing about "This Is Us" made me go, "Man, that looks great! I want to watch it." Yeah, that, that's not how this works. What happens with me is that I hear years later, "Man, that show's incredible," and I'm like, "All right, well, I'll check it out then." Mm -hmm. Yeah, but nothing about this trailer <laughs> makes me go, "Man, this looks really good." I'm like, "Man, this looks like..." A television drama about space. <laughs> that's that's um, what that is. It's like, oh, you think you have problems? Everyone else on the crew has issues too. And I and this is gonna sound extremely mean, and I don't mean it that way. It just it feels like um like this is what they made in a lab. 
and they're trying to experiment like all right humans we are aliens and this is what we think a television show looks like and it's like all right cool you got the cool drama you got actors and like, well, this is a space program it's cool and i'm like oh that's all fake this isn't a real show right i kind of feel like <laughs> kind of almost feels like that sure you cannot kill david arquette i tried and failed it's true right, hey, that was just a statement not the trailer how many of you knew david arquette made a go at a really strong wrestling career. I watched wrestling growing up. Hell yeah. There you go. Nope. But he did ready no, to rumble right? too. Yeah. Um he really did. And a lot of people really hated that he did it. Um David Arquette decided that he needed to redeem himself. To redeem himself. <laughs> and they made a documentary about him doing it. So I just think that's really wacky and weird and cool. Uh yeah. everything none of this is scripted. This is what this is what happened. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so real. Much like if you got like Stephen Amell from Arrow, right? He he is also like joined professional wrestling and like shows up and like, hey guys, wrestling isn't real, but like it's it's you know they still fight, but it's not real, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just thinking of like, man, Stephen Amell came and like everyone loved him on wrestling, but then I think back to David Arquette, like people thought like he ruined wrestling. He's like, who the hell is this actor coming and thinks he can like do what they do? It's like, oh man, that's not cool. He just wanted to be part of something he likes. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, He's much more. He's much more about the theatrics. Yeah. Stephen Amell had the physicality. Yes. And David Arquette just never had the physicality for people. So this is him trying to prove he has the physicality. That he can take a punch, yeah. That he can get the shit beat out of him and still be worth it in the ring. Yeah. Saved by the bell. All right, moving on. The devil... <laughs> the new Peacock Saved by the Bell. Whatever. It, whatever. Nobody's going to watch this, right? Saved we didn't even bell. watch the trailer. Wait, I didn't see that. Did I miss it? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Damn, I'm sorry. Is, That's is fine. Little, the bell did not cute. save you. I don't care. It's okay. No. Is, is all the plot back? No, so it's just it's just showgirls and entertainment tonight. Uh Elizabeth Elizabeth Shue and Emilio uh, um Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez. <laughs> yes. You ever watch Pet Stars with Mario Lopez? No. no. Planet? It was like it was a, a reality talent show, but only for animals. It was actually awesome. He sucked, <laughs> but the show was awesome. Yeah, okay. Showgirls is great, too. It <laughs> is. I'm so excited. All right. Anyway, uh, The Devil All the Time. Robert Pattinson, Tom Holland, Jason Clark. What's Sebastian Stan. Uh, Sebastian Stan. Bob Skarsgård, right? Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård. Skarsgård. I think it's Bill. Yeah, yeah. So... are the Baldwins of the 2010s. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he... It. it Pennywise from... Uh, yeah, I think this looks pretty cool. Netflix yeah. original. Yeah, uh, it looks like a like a like a neat drama about uh, southern anger and, and yeah. like, hey man, bad people can be good. Like like it's about like a like a preacher who might be a bad guy and how like you mm-hmm. know people aren't who they seem. And my dad worked. He my dad might have been a bad guy too. Who knows? Like mm-hmm. uh, I love I like Tom Holland like acting. Like he's he's a good actor, so I want to see him do stuff that's not Spider Man. So like it's nice yeah. that yeah. when these young actors are given roles, right? Just like oh man, you killing fools. You got a southern accent. I'm into it. Yeah. No, the same with Robert Pattinson as well, because when he when I heard him talk speaking that southern accent, I'm like, damn. I could Southern accents are easier for foreign for foreign actors. I, I believe so. The entire cast is like British. That's Jesus. <laughs> but no, but the movie like Jason does, Clark is Australian. Yeah. Uh Tom Holland, Pat, yeah. No, the the film itself, it looks very interesting and, and it's, it's got this like this. Like, oh, we're a we're a simple town, but underneath the simple town, there's a layer of darkness that's just so black and evil and twisted that you really you wouldn't recognize it when you leave town. Actually, it looks like it's very white. 
Southern white. Yes. All right. Um, and then the new German TV series, Freaks, You're One of Us. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, this All looks right. super cool. So the vibe I got from that trailer was heroes, but a lot more, but a lot funnier. So, so um, oh, what's that British show? Um, oh, hold on. There's a British superhero show that's all about like young people. It's really great. Oh, what about really? the one with Michael? What about the one with Michael Chiklis? Oh, our superhero family or something like that. Extraordinary family. That was like a cute, okay show. Yeah. It wasn't great, but it was like I watched it when I was on or whatever. That was a uh, uh, Killer Frost is his daughter. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, wow, memories, Jesus. Memories, Jesus. That was back when NBC <laughs> was also trying to get the cape to work. Hey, yeah. I liked I remember the cape. I Miss, liked that show a lot. Yes, Miss Misfits Vitt. is a British show about a bunch of juvenile Miss juvenile Vitt's delinquents. Juvenile delinquents. Oh, okay. I couldn't make it an idiot if I knew what you were talking that about. Dope. Right. Bad. But no, a freaks. Uh, one of our one of freaks. One of our own. That's the title, right? Yeah. yeah. You're one of us. You're no, one of us. You no, know, you're one of us. Damn. It looks fun. It looks good. Yeah, yeah. it looks like like uh, like you know they're trying to do it like on a low budget, which is always nice. You know. Mm-hmm. Go for it. I, yeah, man. Like, I want to see more. Like, I just that there's that um there's that Russian Avengers movie that has like the guy with the who turns into oh, the bear. Oh yeah, the yeah, bear. Yeah, yeah. Guardians. Guardians. Like, I want to see like I want to see more um superhero stuff that's not American because I feel like it's just such a certain way and like I would love different perspectives on superhero stuff and this looks like oh, this looks interesting. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> what was it? What is it on again? Netflix. 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 Hell yeah. All right. That's it. That's all the news. Unless you guys want to break something else up. Um, no. We 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 vibing. We vibe. Always vibing. <laughs> um. All right. So we're gonna talk about kind of the implications of uh, what these layoffs. We all we've all heard of the layoffs that happened. Um, layoffs over, at DC Comics to be specific. Over six hundred people who work for Warner oh, Media across Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, across Warner across Media. The whole thing. Um, or six hundred people, HBO, HBO Max, uh, DC Universe. We're gonna <laughs> focus. We're gonna focus mostly on the DC side of things because that's kind of our brand. But we'll branch out when when it's relevant. Yeah. Um, and then Jim Lee decided to release a Hollywood Reporter interview that was uh, very much trying to put out a fire before DC fandom. That see the fire is so big. It's so big, and he has like a water gun, and I'm like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jim, you're so sweet for trying. He's like trying to put out a bushfire with a super soaker. Oh man, some of the answers just feel so like, I love, I love my, I love my job. I really love my job. And I'm like, Jim, I'm so sorry. Oh. Um, so I, I want to talk about, uh, I want to start us in by talking about uh, DC Black Label lost its lead editor, Mark Doyle, right? Mark Doyle. Yeah. Um, he ha- he has he has been left. He's been fired. Uh, laid off, uh, and he was the one running the Black Label. Uh, that one shocked me. I mean, most of them did, but that one was like, wait, Black Label's been successful. Why would you do that? Um, yeah, m- multiple editors were fired. Um, at DC Comics. Yeah, at DC Comics. Uh, Andy Corey, who is like, like on Twitter, that's like a, that dude's like mad famous. Like, I yeah. follow him. He is so revered as as a, a longtime DC editor. Uh, and he was let go. And that, that was one, like him and Mark Doyle were like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. These guys are the ones that are keeping your company alive. But that's the thing. 
it's the AT&T people don't give a shit about it. It doesn't care who's getting fired. It's just cutting, cutting costs. I was going to say, I think it's, it very much comes to uh, how influential is the person and how much do we pay them? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we lose this amount of money in this um, area and this uh, amount of money in this area. A little, a little fun thing. Every single assistant was fired at the company. Yeah. Every single assistant. And I'm just thinking like, they have a huge like Comic-Con thing about to happen. Who's going to be, who's, who's running that thing? Mm-hmm. That's what, and talk about the news of like, yeah, DC fandom coming out next week. And then just this news of 600 of your employees getting fired. Like, man, that took the steam out of it so hard for a lot of people, including yeah. me. Like, I'm still excited for a lot of those books, but man, like you're going to do interviews with people who like, some people might not be on those panels anymore because they don't have jobs anymore. And yeah. I'm like, man, that's ooh, tiny. Yeah. DC, uh, the DC fandom right now is kind of going off the whole, we're going to show the Snyder Cut trailer and we're going to show the Suicide Squad trailer. There's going to be, there's a, uh, there's a Batman panel. They're definitely going to show stuff for the Batman. Yeah. Um, there's, it's not just DC. It's also Warner Brothers. So like Ed Boon is going to be there talking about Mortal Kombat. And like the rumor was that like either Injustice stuff is definitely going to be there. And also the Mortal Kombat movie is going to be there. Um, cause that movie's coming out in less than, oh my God, movie's coming out in five months. No, we also not. heard, we also heard the Dune, uh, trailer yeah. might drop at DC fandom. Yeah. Um, I heard, I mean, of course rumors, but like, I heard like literally everything that we want a trailer is going to get a trailer. And I, mm-hmm. I don't believe that cause that seems too good to be true, but we're not going to get like, cause it's the DC fandom, not the Warner brothers. Exactly. Panel. Like mm-hmm. I would love a Dune trailer, but I don't know if that's for the DC fandom stuff. I wouldn't um, be surprised if they just drop it the same week yeah. just to like have a whole lot of Warner brothers conversation. Yeah. 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 Trying to um, get away from especially, the fire. Yes. Especially to clean up after this. Yeah. One of the things that I wanted to highlight of the Jim Lee of the Jim Lee thing um, was that he talked, there were rumors that he was laid off as, as publisher, but stayed on as chief creative officer. He said, that's not true, but I hate this. The, the interviewer asked him, one rumor I heard this week is that DC is going to only sell trades and OGNs and make a deal with Marvel to them to publish comics. Sir, you are not doing your job. Please step down. That's, that's so like, yeah, like on Twitter, because you, when like a big, like when a bleeding quote cool posts an article, there's a thousand comments. And so people are like, yeah, now Marvel or Disney can buy DC. And I'm like, oh, you guys are real silly. You guys are like 12 years old or just so out of the loop on the reality. It's crazy. It's the, it's the whole thing with like, you know what? Here's a valid question. Uh, is DC refocusing its efforts onto more original graphic novels and less comics? That's a valid question. Yeah. Not, is Marvel going to buy your comic books? So, um... Lord. So I'm trying to say... Well, I'm just going to say it, and I'll sound bad, and I'll fix it later or whatever. But, like, <laughs> this this isn't necessarily, for the company, a bad thing. Losing 600 jobs is awful, but Warner Brothers is in a state of disarray. Like, they have so many small subsidiary companies that they that they need to get rid of and just focus. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to consolidate yeah. and have like one guy run everything instead of have 30 different empires with 30 different emperors. That's where know? the rumors of them selling Warner Bros. games came from. Yes. And and again, from being a business owner, I understand that. Like you really, you're looking at, you, you're losing money hand over fist. You have 30 little companies that not all of them are making money. You don't need all of them. You know, like, I, I get it. I it's get a, it. But it's 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 an unfortunate timing with the pandemic with DC. Well, because it's caused by the pandemic. And it's caused That's by the, the pandemic. That's the thing, is that yeah. is that this is purely fueled by earnings. Uh you can look at some of the stuff. It's if things continue the way they are, you're gonna see Disney do this. You're gonna see other companies do this. Yeah. It's going to happen if things don't change soon. Um, because 
their earnings are getting worse and worse and there's not enough there's not enough protection for us to be able to support the businesses where they need to be and there's not enough uh funding to help keep all these employees around so because it's it's going to do this for now um and it's going to be really unfortunate because for a while a lot of these industries are not going to have the staff numbers that they used to projects are going to get cut back and it's going to take a long time for us to build the staff back up to do the kind of things that they've been doing on a widespread scale whether it's warner brothers or eventually some of the other companies like i said um it's a real shame uh this is being caused by the pandemic and like what's happening specifically in the united states right now well i wanted to i wanted to add that there's a lot of people who are talking about like you know industry insiders saying that like this, this this was sped up by the pandemic. This was always coming. Yeah, I think um, because I, there, there's a very specific thing that a, that AT and T said this week about it. They said we are looking to restructure everything. Yeah. Yes, and and I do think the restructuring was always going to happen. This many people were not going to lose their jobs at once. Mm. Some of them not probably ever. Yeah. Uh, not not at least in the original design of what that restructuring would have been. It wasn't just speed up. It was it sped up. It was amplified. Sure. Um, this is this is much more aggressive, uh, and I think I do think on some level short sighted. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it is a fix the money problem now where our holes are, try to plug it back up for our wealth. But I think the products are going to suffer, and ultimately the industry itself is going to suffer for a few years because of these costs. I think that I think you know what we've been what I've kind of been fearing for a little while ever since this Forbes article came out about like. You know, AT&T doing just this, taking a what have you done for me lately attitude. Um, and I'm nobody's stupid enough to think that DC is going to shut down this idea farm for AT&T. Um, but I do think there's some validity to the idea that, you know, Jim Lee even says it. You know, we're focusing on digital and graphic novels. So um, I, cut, cutting our print issues, cut, cutting our print issues a lot. There are um, it was named that uh, there are interim editors in chief. They've named yeah. uh, Marie Javins and Michelle Wells. Who both have worked at DC, in 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 a, in a in a world of bad news, the good news that Bob Harris was taken out from editor in chief is the best news possible because that dude was an enabler and he's the person who allowed all of the uh, abusers and assholes to stick at that company and he defended them. So one, unfortunately, a lot of people lost their jobs. One bad apple who deserved to have been gone a long time ago is gone, which is a great thing. And now you have these two dope ass females who run the the young adult stuff and the digital stuff. So like. That's that is a a small kernel of goodness in yeah. all of nonsense. And uh, and I want to jump back to what you were just saying, Brandon, because you're saying like this is this is something you feared that they're pulling back on print issues, focusing on digital and uh, uh, original. OGM. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love OGM. Is it something you need to fear right now? Because we just talked about in this podcast how none of us love the overall stuff happening well, with DC. No, it's not, right now. now hold it's on, not, hold on. Let me finish my point. Uh, so is it the worst thing if right now they pull back for a while until they actually can go at it and have it figured out? Because right now we know that even without these layoffs, DC Comics was in some amount of disarray because of what happened with Didio. And is it the worst thing if for a while, you know what, maybe we just pull out of the market for a bit. So here's coming back. So here's the thing that, you know what? If DC wanted to be like, we're going to rethink everything and stop publishing comics. Look, DC Comics is a major part of the publishing of the publishing world. It's the it's one of the biggest comic book companies, and it makes up for a third um, of all comics sold, even in their bad month. 
Um, the idea that that I question, and I think fear is a strong word that I shouldn't have used, but I question is if AT&T is looking at that and go, printed issues don't make us a billion dollars, uh, we're going to not do those anymore. Yeah. That, I mean, again, again, like... I was that, shouldn't be the, that shouldn't be the thinking because the, no, they never yeah. make a million dollars. Like Dis, Disney, Disney's in, in the in the market to make entertainment. AT&T yeah. is a technological company. They're like, no, AT&T AT&T, not, they're not invested in comic books. They don't care about comic books. No, the fact AT&T, that this happened and it works worse is almost a good thing. Yeah, to go off Orion's point, AT&T is in the business to make money. Whereas Disney, they want to make entertainment. It's also in the business to make no, money. Like, I mean, yeah, they're in the business to make money. But here's the thing. But, but the thing about Disney is that they have their chops in entertainment industries. They know how to, because all comic books are, is entertainment. ATD, sure, they may own a few studios, but they don't know the how, but they don't know what goes into making art. They don't know what goes into making entertainment. Disney does. They understand that quality makes money. They, for some mm-hmm. reason, like, like I, I, this week I became the, the Disney defender, uh, like the, the Disney conglomerate defender because I was defending Disney, uh, like for the Fox mergers and stuff. And I'm like, yo, when they got Alien Predator, you know how quickly we got Alien Predator comics announced that quickly. at t wouldn't do that. They would shut that shit down and just end it. And that seems mm-hmm. to be what, what they're doing. And that sucks. And that's why I'm so glad that, that Marvel got Fox and not Warner Brothers because that shit would have been DC, DC is uh, not going to stop publishing comics in some way shape or form it just looks like that at&t might not be might not want them to be interest in the uh single issue comic uh business right now and that's the thing when they said restructuring i think dc comics dc directs dc universe are all going to exist in different forms than we've historically known them as yeah uh and and, uh jumping back to what i was saying i still think uh i don't believe i do believe that at&t could make that decision no more single issues but I don't think it would be permanent. I do think it would be temporary because eventually they'd want those things back in the market. I think that that would be a, a short sighted decision that they'd make and ultimately decide we're better off in the long run, putting them back in. I don't want to be clear. I I'm talking about print uh, single issues, digital single issues. He's talking about doing more of those, a lot of more, a lot more of those. I I know. I understand. And I'm saying, I, I think that they would pull away from print and come back at some point. But I can see them doing it, especially in light of the pandemic, especially if things don't get better. I can see them pulling out of the print game for a while, but I don't think it would last forever. Um, And I don't think that they'll and I think that the digital sales will help with that because I don't think as many people will pick up the digitals, even if there are no prints, as they think will. I don't think that as many people will transition over and I think they'll go, oh, shit, you know what? Maybe we got to jump back in because Marvel's making more money now. One yeah, of the I mean, one of the things that that happened was that DC Direct also lost its entire crew, um, and that's a big deal because DC Direct was the only people until they sold this, the license to Guitar Island Toys was really the only people putting out DC Comics toys, DC Comics character toys. The issue was that they were mostly sold to direct market that couldn't get into like Walmart or Targets or things like that, um, yeah. which is why they sold to McFarland Toys. Now it looks like DC Direct will be refocusing. This is from the Jim Lee interview not being shuttered altogether, which, you know, I wouldn't blame them. They want to do that, but recreating, uh, creating just high end statues at a high price for the, uh, for the direct market. I could see that happen. And that's not a terrible idea. Yeah, yeah. It's not the statues uh, I would see in uh, comic book ads, or even when we go to the comic book stores or Frankenstein's are beautiful statues. And I could, and I, I understand how high a price they are. 
Um, it, it still I bums love, me out. I love the DC Direct action figures. I think those are so good. Yeah, but also it still kind of bums me out that we weren't able that they did miss out on this huge market of be, of putting those toys or statues in Walmart and in Target. I know we like we're all grown ass adults, but all of us still go to the toy aisle every time we go to a, a superstore, right? Um, yeah. like if you look at the types of toys that DC puts out and the types of toys Marvel puts out, they're so different. They are. They're so different. Like if you go to DC's section now, there's no movie for them to 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 do. Not that Marvel has one either, but I go to the Marvel section and there's so many different characters. And then I see the DC one and they have like 19 different Batman figures and like a clay yeah. face one from the animated series. And I'm like, they seem so un- unfocused on their on on their merchandise. And like people love Batman. Are you kidding me? Like there should be so much more interesting stuff. The last like, time. The last time I remember seeing a DC figure that I really wanted in Target was actually the one that Brandon owns right now. It's the Christopher Reeve figure that oh, a yeah. DC Multiverse put out. But uh, I'm really happy that McFarlane has continued the Multiverse line. I think that's an awesome line. Oh, that's McFarlane line? Well, it is now. It used to be a okay. DC Direct line. They sold okay. it to McFarlane. Oh, good job, That's good. Uh, that's why we was able to put out a Batman who laughs. But yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, oh, Ryan, you're right. Walmart. Going that's, that's going, at Walmart, the Batman who laughs figure. And I'm like, oh wow, they got that guy out so fast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Ryan, you're absolutely right. You go to the toy aisle and you see an entire section of Marvel and a tiny little sliver of DC, and nine out of ten of those figures are Batman or Batman related. You don't Is see Superman, not- you don't see Wonder Woman unless there's a film out, which we haven't had one in years. That like- Hellbat it's really good though. I mean, I mean, there is like the cool Wonder Woman '84 figure that they released a year ahead of time, where she's like got the wings. That's yeah. cool. Yo, man, that movie was supposed to come out like a year ago or something. Yeah, that's been on the shelf forever. Um, do we want to talk about DC Universe? I mean, obviously, do we do? But do we want to talk about it now? Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, so DC Universe. What? <laughs> How it's going to be dead soon? Yeah, we've long since thought that this is a that this is going to happen. However, the restructuring thing kind of like makes makes me lead to believe that DC Universe will still exist but as a comics only app and i'm that's that's a good idea that's 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 the only thing we can hope for honestly the thing is like and it sucks because like you could argue that marvel unlimited is 10 a month um and so therefore dc universe shouldn't have to change its price point yeah if it reverts to just being the comics however because everybody already had it with all this other extra content if you cut all that extra content and keep it the same price people aren't going to keep it yeah so they're going to have exactly yeah like for Because, Brandon, I did read your article on the the layoffs before we started doing this, and I was thinking, and I actually was thinking about DC Universe, because one, of course, one of the biggest draws for that app was that it's, yes, you have all these comic books to read, you also have films and DC Universe originals, one of my personal favorite, obviously, being Harley Quinn. Now that all those are going to HBO Max, or most of them are going to HBO Max, because Harley Quinn's all, there. So in the in in the article, he said uh, he says that everything on on DC Universe is migrating mm-hmm. to HBO Max. Yeah, but if because how much uh, Sparks? How much does DC Universe as of this moment a month? Eight ninety nine. Eight ninety nine. And Marvel. Huh? Marvel's nine ninety nine. Marvel's nine ninety. Yeah. So. If they want to cut their thing to be like a five ninety nine app, and then you get only comic books, I feel that's a good deal. That's five books cheaper than Marvel. Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, it just sucks that that's the choice they have to make, which they're not making because they're trying to make back money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and I'll tell you right now, even with making that price cut, a lot of people came to that app. It's it's not just the fact that they're losing all these shows. It's that in the last year, DC Universe has been run poorly. 
yeah. they've taken so much content they added off, put it back, put taken it off, put it back, that it's been inconsistent, that um that they they started sharing its shows with other services, whether it was CW or HBO Max made people feel like they weren't getting the exclusive content they were promised, mm-hmm. which I think is fair. Bro, season, uh, season it was two. supposed to be the central hotspot for DC yeah. fans to have access to shows, movies. This should have had every animated show, every animated movie, every live action movie that wasn't like it out in the past two or two years, uh, every comic. It should have had all of that. And it never really did. Yeah. And that's it, that's a fair reason for people to feel like the service let them down. And yeah, not it seems like the only thing they for them in the future. It seems like the only thing that DC Universe did right is the comics. And can I tell you, like, I like getting to read the comics on DC Universe. They need to fix the structure. Like, it is very hard to keep track of what you're reading or find the things you're looking for on there. It is yeah. very difficult. I use Marvel Unlimited like every day, and, and again, it's been out for like a decade, so it's had time to improve. It did not start that way, but Marvel Unlimited is so easy to use, and you can find any issue of a comic like instantly. It's so fast, and like their encyclopedia is so great. It's so hard to find shit on DC Universe. Like oh, when I read the Justice League books, Brandon's book club, like I typed it in, I looked for it, I couldn't find it, and it was there. It was there. Yeah. Uh, what's the turnaround? Because you know how for Marvel Limited it's six a months year. and then it's a year. It's a year. Oh, that oh, makes shit. sense. That's, that's... And even then, it's not consistent. Yeah, it's not like everything a year after goes up. That's not how it is. It's some things go up after a year. Oh, some never mind. I take back what I said earlier. They're they're messing up all the all all bases. It's not Marvel Unlimited yet. It can be, yeah. but it is not. Uh, and that's another reason why people just aren't going to be invested in the service. And again, talking yeah. like season two of harley quinn like i was watching advertisements and they were advertising it to be on sci-fi channel and on hbo max they were not advertising it to be on dc universe right. doom patrol was but i also saw doom patrol ads that say on hbo max and i'm like they're shooting their own service in the foot like this thing was dead even before they thought it was dead like it's it sucks honestly and this I, thing this thing was dead when they canceled swamp thing i i, I <laughs> like i'm not I'm not trying to say that the two things were correlated, but the moment that they stopped giving a shit about that show, which was their third show, which they should have been heavily promoting, yeah. the moment they stopped giving a shit about that, they stopped giving a shit about the app entirely. And so the thing is, uh, it's it's pretty clear now that HBO Max was, uh, as soon as AT&T bought Time Warner, they're like, HBO Max, DC Universe, no. But DC Universe was already out by the time AT&T bought yeah. Uh, yeah. Time Warner. It so was Time Warner. They wanted to do... They wanted to do Disney Plus, but Warner's. Essentially, yeah. They're like, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's screwed yeah. that up too. Yeah, I'll, I said it once before. I'll totally say it again. It's Warner Brothers slash Time Warner slash AT and T looking at the Disney model, saying, "Oh shit, we need to do that too," and then hastily copying the homework of the grade A student and turning in an assignment that's a D or a C. AT and T, AT and T being a tech company, didn't again wanted that wanted to be like. We'll do a streaming service like AT&T, like Universal's going to do, like uh, Disney's going to do, like Universal's going to do. Uh, we're going to make it all Warner Brothers, but we already have this DC Universe. Do we, though? Uh, I, I should have brought this up earlier, but I found this picture of, as of November 2020, how many of how many ongoings both companies have. Marvel has 33 ongoings. DC has 17. Yeah. And nice. seven of those books are Batman books. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, like ten of the books are at Marvel are, are X Men books, but they also have like twice as many regular hero books as yeah. SD. Uh, I'm just like, man, this line, like, oh my god, there's no wonder did I'm you, barely reading anything. Did 
Did you 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 watch the Tom King uh, mainframe Comic Con? Did you hear him say that the Rorschach comic is in continuity with the show? Yes, Brandon, I did. <laughs> what? Are you, are you okay? I don't know what to feel. What are you, Tom? What are you doing? That makes me so mad because you. Uh, so this just this doesn't include the black labels. No, but I just wanted to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it should count that. I guess I counts. Yeah. Well, uh, this is ongoings. Black labels are minis. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. that's that's true. But yeah. I mean, like. I feel like it should matter that they're putting out as many. There's a lot of black label there books. There are like yeah. they, they deserve the credit where credit is due. There's a lot. I mean, There's the White five. Knight. The White Knight itself spawns so much, and then you've got the Harleen, the multiple Harley Joker, Joker Killer whatever. Smile, Batman Smile Killer, yeah. uh, uh, Question, the Question, Wonder, the Wonder Woman, Woman, Dead Earth, the Last God, which is its own, the thing. Birds of Prey black Birds labels. Yeah, they got the, the Sandman, the Sandman universe, and the uh, Adventures. Uh, Adventures, yeah, yeah. They're, um and, and man, so is this black label that's going away? No, it doesn't. I don't know. Oh, actually, I think I think it might have just been speculation or whatever. But they did say like stuff will be collected, will still be called like if it's mature, it'll be retroactively called black label, but it's not going to be like new black label stuff. So they'll do what they did with like Watchmen and in uh, other or uh, uh, White Knight, New Frontier, and White Knight. Yeah, yeah. New um, Frontier black label. New Frontier black label. We okay, sh- whatever. It's it's darker than you remember. I, it might be. It is. Okay. Cool. Um, but I was uh, I initially did a double take of that. I was like, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I, re- I remember saw that as the black label. I'm like, hold up, but that's Darwin what? Cook, and huh? That's, there's that's like there's like ten black label books that like yeah, that's no one talks about. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and I think this. I think you're you're right. Those are speculate. I think you know I heard that speculation too. Um, I hope this doesn't mean the end of. Uh, you know, people who still want to do black label books, like St- Stepan, when he's, he said his um, when his injury is fixed, he wants to do another Harleen. Yeah. Um, I I think the black label has been a success. I hope it continues. I hope they get a new editor in there quickly. Yeah, I I that is even though I haven't read most of them, uh, the ones I have read, like this is the direction. This is like what I want DC to do more of. But then they're just like, no. Let's fire the main guy who does it. Okay. Yeah, I, and I think, you know, Three Jokers coming up Black Label. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff Black Label. Hopefully Three Jokers is good. I shouldn't I jump sorry, again. Back to the Rorschach thing real quick. So yeah. if Rorschach is in canon with the show, that means that none of the Doomsday Clock we talked about stuff possibly being connected matters at all. Yeah. So, okay. Yes. Um, however, I want to take a minute to talk about how the, the, roundabout, the roundabout way he got he got there. He said that you know, there was Watchmen in, in in the 1980s, and then there was Doomsday Clock 1990s, whatever, and then and then ours, is, you know, it's 2020 now, so ours is 2020 in line with the show, uh, and it's continuity with the show. I think we, I think he mistakenly thought that Doomsday Clock is in continuity with the show as well. I I, I find that hard to believe because he's the dude writing the Rorschach comic. I think yeah. he should know this, but yeah, man, that just that makes that book more confusing because they released now multiple. It, uh, covers of what the cover looks like and Rorschach is a main character in that book mm-hmm. and I'm like okay so I how is it tied to the show if, if it's said the way you said it I think Tom King hasn't watched the show and it's not in continuity with the show oh that's even more sad he hasn't oh Tom he did say the bu- the buzzwords of people who haven't seen it you know it's politically charged and it's the, like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh. yo man those covers are awesome like they're very like 1970s noir like dirty hairy covers like they look awesome mm-hmm. but I'm like oh man I don't know oh no I mean, yeah, it's not really anything, hard to find the buzzwords and say the buzzwords. Anything can be good. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah, the, kind of the kind of the, the DC, DC Direct and Black Label 
stuff. That was kind of my, you know, like this sucks. I like a lot of stuff that they're, that they're putting out and, you know, to see them kind of pop in the black label, just potentially downsizing. I'm like, that, that'd be a bummer. Yeah. Um, the, w- there was a rumor that they were going to hire like an esports guy. Oh, that's they been did- debunked. That has been debunked? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's good. Cause that would have been hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, it wouldn't have been the first time that Warner's did something like that, but no, that was like, you know, we're not, that's not true. It's we're, good. we're going to get someone from the outside, but not from the world of esports. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, yeah. I don't know. What did you guys think after you read the Jim Lee thing? What, like, what are you, what are you thinking about? Like, what could the future DC be? Uh, do they keep, what are, like, what do they do? Look, honestly, uh, I, I think I said what I said earlier because that's kind of what I want. I kind of want them to stop for a little bit. I, I think it's the smart move, frankly, yeah. because I, I think there's too much printed out right now that doesn't work. There are mm-hmm. things that are working, but overall, not a lot of it. Um, there's a reason why a whole lot of comic fans aren't reading a lot of the stuff, why we aren't, other people we know aren't. We're all just reading X-Men. Um, uh, it, it's it, it, it's especially hard because you're you're trying to sell comics that aren't selling great right now to an audience that can't afford them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the majority can't afford them. They have to make tough choices, and most of them are not going to be choosing your Flash book or your Superman book. Uh, they might pick your Batman, uh, and that be it, or your Wonder Woman. Um, I, you know, I want to. I just want to point out. We didn't really talk about it, but like comics sales were up this year for the first time in like 20 years. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. that is awesome. Um, but it doesn't feel like DC's seeing as much of that as Marvel is. Sure. Or, or as other indie studios are. I think indies are, have, are having a really good time right now overall. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that the smarter move, considering Dan Didio, considering uh, the shifts that have now happened because of the layoffs, considering the pandemic and the fact that we don't know when it really will end um, and uh, and all the layoffs across Warner Media, I do think it's best that they at least take a pause and reassess what they're doing. And I'd rather see some kind of uniform decision about the future of DC Comics because right now, I don't know what where they're going with anything. I don't mm-hmm. think they do. Um, and that sucks. Like, I don't have faith in picking up a book uh, from them that I'm not already aware of to be good. So, yeah, that brings up a great question because it's already been stated that Scott Snyder, after Death Metal, he's leaving and he's not going to be, he's going to be more hands-off and not so much in the main universe, right? Mm-hmm. So who who's who's running the ship at DC in terms of creativity? Is it going to be, be Bendis? It would is, be Bendis by default. Bendis. And I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know if I want him reaching out more than he has. Um, What's the next event? Okay, they got that that winter event, right? That uh, endless winter, whatever it's yeah. called, that Tom Taylor event. But I, I don't know. If no, that's... no, we don't know that's Tom Taylor. Dark Ages is Tom Taylor. Sorry, Dark Ages. Who is season? That's Marvel. Uh, endless Dark Winter Ages is DC. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought that was Tom Taylor yeah. for some reason too. Um, but that book's getting teased. Um, and I'm like, is that just going to be just like a fun event that's not actually like the the next wave in DC's history, or is that just like a placeholder event? You know what I mean? Oh, I think it's I think it's whatever. It's in the place of 5G. Yeah. I think whatever 5G was or was going to do, it is now endless winter. Yeah, it's just going to be like a fun, like here's a, here's our, our fall or winter event or whatever. Whatever um, whatever DC Comics can do to recenter themselves back to like the beginning of Rebirth, 
where they all felt like they were at least on a, on the same page. Yes. Mm -hmm. Where we're all like, we're moving in a direction of what we want to say about these heroes and what we want to say about our universe and where we want to go as a whole. The future is bright. Look at our heroes. Here we go. Mm -hmm. uh, and that derailed quicker than I wish it had. Yeah. And if uh, they need to get back to that point, because I don't have that. The whole problem is that as a comic consumer, I do not have faith in taking a risk on any DC books that are not explicitly told to me or even spoiled for me that they are good yeah. and worth my time. I don't right. have that kind of faith. And I say that as the person picking up the most DC comics amongst us. Yeah. The, again, like trying, trying to do more DC reading this week because like, you know, the hashtag DC love and like, I wanted to read more. So I read a lot of Tom King's Batman, which is a Batman run I really like. Um, but then I read the most modern, the Wonder Woman and Batman stuff. And I'm like, it's all, it's, it's it's fine it's so it's all it's not bad it's just but it's like these are books that are coming out for sure but like they're I, not I like i like you know i talk about like i like death metal it's not great but i i still like it i still enjoy it um yeah. the the issue that i have is even the books that i'm liking like i really like like hawkman or batman uh superman or green lantern season two um those books just kind of are good but because the entire universe of DC feels directionless, mm -hmm. I just don't know. Is there anything to look forward to? Like the the, the Green Lantern, like Hal in in your Morrison Green Lantern book is definitely not the same in the Justice League book. No, like they are they are not talking to each other, and they don't always have to. But like it is nice sometimes to have some type of of cement in your universe. Um, I guess I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I so disconnected. I'm a DC fan. And again, like, again, it's not the first time we talked about this. Every company has their ups and downs, but this one seems like it's not just bad from the creative standpoint. It's from the business standpoint. Like the people yeah. upstairs are yeah. messing with it, which is messing with the creative side. And I'm like, this isn't something you can just fix like willy nilly. This has to be like, like what Sparks saying, like, you guys got to like figure your shit out. Yeah. You got to like put a yeah. pause, maybe release some like, um, what are those, like facsimile old comics for like a buck and, or and something? I, that's the thing is I purely say take a pause because I don't want them to do what, what the comics industry usually does, which is they just kind of spin out things while they figure it out and then announce a new initiative. Yes. I'd rather that they just stopped and save the money. Yeah. Save my money, save your money, save the time, figure it out, take a few months and come back, make a comeback statement to the comic community and say, here we go. Here's what we got. Uh, we thought about it, and this is what we came up with, and this is what we're doing. Make it feel like an actual comeback initiative, because that's what they need. They need something to jumpstart them right now, and I don't think just, like, pumping things out and then trying to do another Rebirth event will work. I don't think that that's going to pull things together. I do think it would make a stronger message if they said, you know what, in light of everything, we're taking a break. We'll get back. You know, let us yeah. let us re restore ourselves. I understand that's never how the industry has worked before. I understand that that's not conventional, but this is an unconventional time. Well, what was it? Convergence that came out during the move? Yes. They, they didn't have any new books. It was like, it was just Convergence and Convergence related stuff. So like, it's possible for them to do that. They, they've done it before. Uh, but that book was all that that book's terrible and we don't need to go back into convergence again that's, how, that's, my, point. that's my point it's like usually whatever they put out in that time period is kind of forgettable yeah and not and no need to do it and yeah. i'd rather that they just like made the statement of you know what we know we got nothing right now just hang on yeah i wish i could forget convergence yeah <laughs> except those times times are great 
I think that would be the strongest message. I understand that at first it would be bad PR, but then it's also great PR. Because it's it's bad because, oh, DC Comics stopped printing. But then a few months later, DC Comics is coming back, guys, and it's a huge deal. And everybody goes and buys those comics. It's like when Hostess went out of business, and they're like, surprise. We didn't talk about um, Halo Infinite getting delayed till next year, which is a huge bit of news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, no, that Xbox One is, is it literally has no games on it when it comes out, so that sucks for them. Uh, so that's but the all. other <laughs> thing is you get everything on Game Pass. So No, yes, but um, the, just real quick, going back to the news, their statement after Halo Infinite was released was, Halo or the new Xbox has thousands of games from every generation of consoles. You don't you don't say that when you have a new console coming out and you have new games coming out because there are no new games. I don't want to buy a console to play old games. I want to play Halo Infinite. I just thought it was funny. It was a terrible yeah, yeah, statement. For sure. They released a shitty statement. Uh, that's all. Let's get back to the it, shitty It's statement. nice because it's like, okay, PS5 this year, Xbox next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty, much. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. All right. So my whole thing on like what Jim Lee was saying, this, this whole stuff, I agree that DC needed some restructuring. I feel like they've been, they've they've been a ship without captain for a good long while. Case of one of my uh, case and one of my points is these the Earth One t- the tiles, they have come out so sporadically, so out of the blue. I didn't even realize that Green Lantern Earth One Volume Two came out this week until Brandon told me before we started recording. Yep. I didn't even realize that what Earth One Water Woman the our book club for this week came out until I saw it at a store. I I. I... I will say that I think on those cases, because those books are kind of their own self-contained thing, that's right. more on the creative team just not getting it done fast enough. And mm-hmm. and, the, and the comics being like, hey, it's not Batman 97. We don't need it out next month. Just take your time and finish it. Like, right. I think, honestly, that's more... that That's not necessarily a bad thing, because I'd rather the book be good and get finished we'll, whenever. We'll, I mean, get I in, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. It's not... Yeah. my. I have a similar point to Ben's, but it's not kind of not. But... Uh, well, let's let's focus more on kind of like what these layoffs can mean because sure. delaying these these types of books is really just kind of business as usual. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's no, artists taking a long time to do good art, really. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm fine with waiting longer for these books. I feel like these are really good books and they're worth the wait. I would just rather know that they're coming out. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah. But with, I mean, it, these layoffs they suck. I don't want anyone to get laid off. That's horrible. But I feel like these layoffs are more of AT&T just like overreaching. It's like, oh, like what Brian said, what have you done for me lately? It's AT&T trying because they're in such big debt. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make back that money. And right now it's really hard for studios to make money. Yeah. Do you know what would help if they actually just made HBO Max the Warner Brothers Disney Plus that they wanted it to be? They should have. That would get more people to get it. Just saying. You know what? Zack Snyder, hey, we know that your movie's done already. You've been telling us for three years. Uh, you could have dropped it any minute just to save no, HBO Max. Isn't he released a picture like two weeks ago of him editing a scene where it was just a flash's leg on it and everybody flipped out and he's like, yep, I'm in the edit room. Uh, okay, that's not he true. He also released uh, an image of Steppenwolf. He's like, I'm in the editing room and it's really low res, but guys, wait till you see him in the big screen. <laughs> Steppenwolf. Whoa. Which is funny because you won't. You'll just see it at home. Yeah. On your whatever size screen you have that's connected to your whatever thing you use to watch HBO Max on. Hashtag uh, F the Snyder Cut. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but, I, 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 but I I want to support DC. I'm I, sorry. I, I'm sorry. I forgot. Yeah. We didn't talk about this in the news because you brought up Zack Snyder. Uh, they fired Chris Delia from yeah. Army of the Dead yeah. on Zack Snyder's project and replaced him with Tig Notaro. Tig Notaro oh. rules. That's a huge deal, and we didn't talk about it. And look, I have issues with some of Zack Snyder's stuff in film, but I'm really glad that he fired a known sexual assaulter. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
uh, and replaced him with, with a gay lady. A way cooler person and yeah. a way funnier person. Here's, yeah. the, here's the thing. Uh, I don't like Zack Snyder's movies, but he's a cool guy from all I heard. Yeah. The thing is, that yeah. movie's most pretty much done. This Tink, is a Kevin Spacey Tink is situation. Being placed into the film. Yeah. Nice. This is not her like coming in early in production. That movie's in post, and she's going He's in. He's pulling a Ridley which Scott, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, and my joke was my 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 previous joke was because if you guys don't know, uh, for three years Zack Snyder's been saying that the Snyder cut is ready to go, ready to be dropped at any minute. Um, yeah. Whatever needs to say it is, but uh, we all know it's not. It has right. never been. Right. You got poor interns slaving away at, at, at like three in the morning. Oh, Dark Side's got to look so good. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I believe that Zack Snyder's actually the person sitting down editing it. No, yeah, but like he's like frame by frame. Uh, no, no, he's, well, there's, dude, there's like a thousand interns getting pay, underpaid right now, shading Dark Side to look a different shade right Maybe. now. Um, or not getting paid at all. Who knows? Oh, can't no. wait to see. Gray Kirby characters, whatever. Anyway, um, we're not talking about that. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope that the future for DC is as bright as Jim Lee says it is. Um, but he's just doing a PR stunt to try to... Yeah. DC fandom is coming. But look, big news before a big event is not new for DC lately because they dropped Dan Didio before Comic-Con. They did. Yeah. Um, it's true, yeah. Man, it's just again, it's just terrible timing for, yeah. for everything involved. Um, they're, they're, they did say like... Um, who I think it was either Ram V or somebody else on Twitter said so like, uh, oh, it was, it was James Tyne in the fourth. Uh, he was like, hey, like I didn't get a pencils down order. Like I, everyone is still making the comics that we're making. Um, this isn't this doesn't affect the uh, like the smaller creators. This is affecting people above us, which is mm-hmm. unfortunate. Like no no comic book writer got fired. Yeah, it was all yeah, all editorial editorial yeah. and presidents and all that shit. Yeah, and then yeah. assistants. And it's, yeah, for some reason all the assistants. Did, <laughs> all yeah. the assistants. Because they decided nobody needed because they 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 are trying to recoup so much loss. Yeah, and that's just because the shitty thing is they launched a streaming service at during a pandemic, mm-hmm. and that's they just that's, that's what happened. Um, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, what I was saying, what I was trying to say earlier is I really do want to support DC. But none of the books are at DC, <coughs> excuse me, that are out right this moment. I don't want to buy them. Minus Young Justice, Young Justice is the only one I'm sticking to it. But that's over in three Green issues. Lanterns. Green Lantern's really good. Jimmy Olsen got its twelve issues and it's done. So I really like Wonder Woman. I have liked Wonder Woman. I like Wonder Woman now with the new team. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will also stand by Hellblazer. And Hell yeah! I'll, even though All it's right. ending. Hell and yeah. I'll yeah. I'll stand by Strange Adventures for sure. Yeah, I'm reading that book. Oh, um, I stopped. I'm I'm issues behind, but uh, the Tom Taylor Suicide Squad run is awesome. It is yeah. really good. Uh, Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane were both excellent. Mm-hmm. They're both over, but they were both excellent. Batman, yeah, Batman, Batman, Olsen, Batman, Batman, Superman, Batman, Superman, Superman is good. Batman, Superman is really good. I am good. still reading that book. That's true. Yeah, I have twelve came out. Yeah, I got twelve. Yeah. So I think yeah. DC's got some good books out there. I mean, they they do. It's just like a, a handful, unfortunately. And a, and a lot of the smaller things. Yeah. Not a lot of, like, I mean, Wonder Woman shouldn't be considered smaller, but I think they treat her that way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, that's, that. like, I'm drawn more to Wonder Woman than I am to uh, to The Flash. Honestly, if I'd been picking up uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick's entire Aquaman run, I'd be picking it up. Yeah. I wish I had been. I, I wasn't. I'll do it in trade. I like um, I, I made a mistake. Uh, I kept hearing good things, and I didn't jump on, and I should have. Um, because apparently Aquaman. that would have been a better place to put my money than some other DC books. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
that's how it goes sometimes. Man, yeah. I tried to find the back issues for when Ram V took over on Justice League Dark, but all those issues are sold out. I'm like, damn it. Yeah, yeah. I really, I, I really like Justice League Dark. I think that's, See, a that's good the thing. Book. It's like it's it's the weird like it's the titles that don't get a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that are actually good. Yeah, but they're not getting whatever. Um, you see, here, that's the problem because I didn't know those titles were good until you guys told me about it. So here's the thing that bothers me. I don't feel like DC's tried to do anything to try to restructure themselves and refocus on an initiative going forward because there's nothing, correct me if I'm wrong, nothing at the DC fandom that really talks about a, a like strong vision of the future of DC Comics. There's no, no panel listed um, that does that, So right? if you look at the DC uh, fandom like like description, it says like, oh, we have all these things and comics is the very last thing mentioned. Right. So like I, they do have interviews with some comic book See, creators, that's but the that's thing. it. That's the thing is like after losing Didio, DC fandom should have been a big reveal of this is where the comics are going. They didn't get that together. That's what makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. They've never gotten it together. We're still in this limbo of what the heck is DC doing? Well, they Even are going... so. So at DC Fandom, to their credit, they are going to announce the new Batman John Ridley book um, and the um, whatever Endless Winter is. They're going to announce that at DC Fandom. You you know what I'm talking about, and it's not that. Sure. No, it's I know. Thing. Uh, I, I'm talking about like addressing what happens now that 5G is in 5G. You know, when Rebirth came out, when Rebirth was coming, uh, Jeff Johns did a whole thing at WonderCon. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this. He did this whole like Kevin Feige thing at WonderCon where he was walking around and he's introducing new creative team. Really pumped. Um, and he was just ha- he was just hyping up Rebirth, and he showed the new designs and creative teams came out and talked about their books and that was how they announced Rebirth. I want something like that again. Yes. Yes. So to be fair, there does seem to be a decent amount of comic book panels. Um, lots of there was like uh, like Legend of the Bad. There's a Wonder Woman 80th panel. Um, a couple Watchmen panels, <laughs> just like a couple Joker panels, uh, Sane Man. But Universe. see, the thing is, yeah. like, what, like the Wonder Woman 80th panel. That's them talking about there being 80 years of Wonder Woman. Yeah, that's not them talking about th- th- this is this is the vision of the future. Yeah. I want the vision of DC Comics going forward because I feel like we don't have. Oh one. yeah, it's it's none of that. No. The it's, Watchmen it's, panel, surprisingly, is all about like, where's Watchmen go now? Dude, so um, well that a guy question I'll, they have to answer because a lot of people will go why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, a guy I follow on Twitter, uh, he was like, just watch them like after they cancel Black Label, just announcing like an entire Watchmen like series of books at this DC thing, and I was like, I will, I don't know what I will do if this happens. Can I tell you what my fear is? My fear is Watchmen becoming the Squadron Supreme to DC being oh the my, ultimate Marvel universe. No. Mm. My fear. That is, that's what I don't want. That's the antithesis of, oh, that just ruined me, Sparks, saying that. <laughs> oh, God, Squadron See that, but so that's cool. But that's what I don't want, is where, because uh, Squadron Supreme was really good. That was a really good line that they then tied into the Ultimate Marvel Universe, and it kind of ruined the Squadron Supreme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they made a dope book after about all the surviving members getting together. Yes. Yeah, man. Good job, Googs. You wrote that book. Yeah, I... Uh, uh... I'll watch the Watchmen one because I can't wait to annu- to hear what they announce next. Yeah, I, um, yeah, man. Uh, Before I Watchmen two. Yeah, and like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm yeah, very. Whatever. Oh man, and it's like cheeky because it's before Watchmen two, which means it's more before Watchmen, but it's also before Watchmen two because they're making Watchmen two. Watch. Kill me. No, no, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a World War One prequel called watch man 
Kings Man. Kings Man. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. I've I've said it before. I'll I'm into more Watchmen. Show yeah. show me that world now. Show me that world ten years ago. I'll I'll read it if it's good. If it's good. Yeah. If it's good. Oh yeah. It's got to be good because otherwise uh, I, I don't care. I am more interested if they're going to do more Watchmen stuff. I want. I don't want any more crossover with DC. No, hundred percent. No, hundred percent. No. I, I I don't want that. I'm already. That is a big reason why I know part of death metal isn't working for me is, is just how heavily it's still being influenced by the Watchmen stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and partially not even, and I hate saying that about death metal because some of it isn't even death metal's fault. It's, it's that it's still carrying over pieces of like the Wally West shit that I'm like, I just, I don't want to think about that anymore. Why do we have to bring it up here? I'd rather just have to do with its own. Thing. I don't want to talk about that anymore. I am excited for speed metal. I'll be honest. Joshua Williamson having all three Flash, all the Flash family together again. There are there are cool and exciting death metal tie-in stuff that I hope land. I really do. I'm not out to get that event. I just uh, like out to target it. I just I I want it to make me feel like I can not only understand it but appreciate it. And I don't feel I'm in that space yet. Sure. Um, okay. Uh, do we have anything more that we want to add? We've done this for about 45 minutes now. No. Uh-huh. But- Playoffs suck. Uh, I it's it's a big stinker. Uh, I, hope, I hope everyone lands on their feet. Yeah, um, I'm not worried about DC Comics like as as a whole. Like I'm not worried about comics going away, but I am yeah. worried that the people who are in charge of the comics don't care about them. That I do. Yeah. I, I am worried that for the next few years, I'm not sure that there's a lot to look forward to in the comics, and I, I don't know when that will change. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so let's get into our book club. Um, give me a slight pause for the. Here you go. It's paused. Hey, welcome to the Thick Nerd Comic Shop. Yeah, hi. Um, do you have any books? Uh, could you be a little bit more specific? Um, anything readable? Book club. Stan, take it away. <laughs> so my book club is the sequel to the my the one last time, which is Water Woman Earth One Volume Two by uh, Grant Morrison, drawn by Ann Peckett, and colors by Nathan Fairbairn. I totally hope I said that. Fairbairn. Is that right? This picks up... Hello, John. (laughs) Hello, John. Hello, John. (laughs) Hello, John. So, of course, the audio listeners, uh, myself, Brandon, and Sparks, we all have our hard copies of uh, Volume 2. Yes. So, this um, takes uh, place uh, not directly after, but sometime after uh, Volume 1. But just like Volume 1, it starts off uh, batshit crazy with um, the Uber Ah. Fraulein. What, the Nazis invading Paradise Island, and cool. and what? And Nazis? we get we get Jumpa, yeah, yeah. Kanga. Yep, I was really happy to see that Jumpa. Yep, we get Jumpa, and it's uh, what are, it's uh, Diana, Princess of Thascara, living in Man's World. She's teaching at a college in Washington D.C., and essentially the most of the book is focused on her. And one Leon, um, Leon starts with a Z. I totally had it. Yeah, it's Doctor Psycho. I was gonna try use. I was gonna use his real name, but it's, it's Doctor Psycho for crying out loud. But uh, the last name is Zyko. You know, it's Zyko. Like, yeah, it's like uh, Victor Freeze. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I, so I, I immediately got it. Like, oh man, like because that character is like such a like a. He he appears one way, and then he's just like a super douchey like internet uh, machismo guy who's mm-hmm. like. I, women and i'm like this guy sounds 
sounds very familiar to a guy. It's, it's a something. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure who it is. And then his name's, oh, Dr. Zyko. And I'm like, you mother effers. Good job, yeah. Greg. The, <laughs> once again, once again, Yannick Paquette's uh, art and paneling is amazing. Mm-hmm. The lassos always being like the, the panel weavings and stuff. Hey, Hello, Titus. Titus. Thanks the, for stopping by. The, pan- the paneling is very good. Um, Zyko looks like a monkey. Um, <laughs> and it threw me off a bit. I, 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 man, Yannick the cat, cat draws such like beautiful people, but also such interesting people. Um, yeah. I really, I, I really love the Wonder Woman hijab. Yeah, me too. Yeah, oh, I think that the bur- yeah, the burqa was actually. I there's um a, a, ba- a bit in the back of the book where uh, um, Yannick was writing about it, how he actually Ooh. brought in his Muslim friend to help to draw it uh, respectfully, and it's actually the way it turned out. I was like, that is really freaking cool. I really yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like I, all her. I like all her designs in this. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Again, this book it looks looks just sensational. Um, like again, much like Volume One, like it it's not it's not a traditional looking comic. There are like nine by nine grids. It is all beautifully woven in. Like 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 a, a piece of pottery, like a piece of Greek pottery telling a yeah. story. Like like, like the, the threads of fate weave mm-hmm. in the story and yeah. stuff. Um, or even when it go. Uh, even when um, Pollock gets introduced, the um, the not the leader of the Nazis. <laughs> Yeah, Uba Fraulein. When she shows up, the paneling, the lines of the paneling are instead of the um, the smooth weedy are the, the hard. You see the swastika and the eagle are front and center. It's like the hard, you know, like the hard Nazi lines. I don't know what else to say it, but they're there. And then it transis- transitions back into. Can the, I say? Can I say what? how brutal it is that she grabs the heart of Hippolyta and takes it to Wonder Woman? Messed yes. up, man. Um, so I like this, uh, but I do have more qualms with this one than I did with the first volume. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's either overstuffed or moves too fast. Uh, and I I can't tell you exactly which one it is, but it's one of those two for sure. I think it moves too fast. I I think it moves too fast. Um, specifically with Paula, um, I have a really hard time with the character beat of her fighting Wonder Woman and then telling her she's sorry after she just took Hippolyta's heart to her. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I understand you're saying like a radio signal was activated and that's part of why this is happening, but I don't totally get how that reprogrammed her. And then she still feels bad about like there's something where it wasn't communicated well enough to me for Paula mm-hmm. to be fleshed out. And I didn't buy I, all of it. I yeah. agree. I think there's one just one too many villains. Like I either you don't you either don't introduce Maxwell Lord because he's barely in there enough. He's, I agree. He's, he's clearly set up. The thing he's is clearly the thing up. is you could introduce the Ares program and not introduce him. Dude, and all that stuff with the Ares program is so cool. Like I like the dudes with the VR helmets talking to each other in a boardroom, like all that shit. That's why I like this. I love the the Earth One one woman stuff, probably my favorite. Like even though volume two isn't as good, I still like the world and the characters so mm-hmm. much. Um like man, look at Zyko and he's like he's like caveman handsome like i can get i get why girls see i like thought him. so the, the moment i saw him i immediately thought of vandal savage yeah, yeah even yeah. though i was like this can't be him no yeah i i can see what you mean like and I'm then like, and then we heard his name but like before we heard his name when we were first seeing him i'm like vandal yeah no i can definitely see that yeah he has definitely like more like aggressive features yeah um i again steve trevor rules like i love that he calls her angel and like she has to save him a second time when they have a race to see if the u.s army is cooler than yeah. the amazon army um i really i really like some of the stuff with the generals where they're just like mm-hmm. uh you know we gotta get we gotta kill her because you know uh you get a bunch of women talking about how much they hate men like you can't see that's a problem 
Yes, yes. Yeah. You know, that's a theme, and that's a theme in this with with, uh, with mm-hmm. Psycho being like, I can control women. Women are easier to control. They're easier to easier than dogs to train. Yeah. So I want, I want to talk about that part because that's the other part I don't like about this book. Um, I don't mind that that's a plot point. What I have a problem with is that Psycho is never proven wrong. He's just captured. Yeah. He's mm. his method isn't proven wrong. It's shown that he can just control any woman, including Wonder Woman, willy nilly, and that's that's true. He just has that way, uh, and it's not something about Wonder Woman or her will or something she's capable of that is able to undo that or counter it. Uh, it's just they catch him and then they make him be punished for it. Mm-hmm. And I wish there was something that actually gave her back her the power and identity against that. I have a kind of big problem with the way that they handle, with the way Grant Morrison writes Dr. Psycho to have this absolute power over women and then doesn't actually say that that isn't accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it's, it, it kind of bothers me a little bit that Diana has nothing in her that can stand against that. I don't feel like that that feels right. Uh, something about that feels skeezy in a way I don't agree with. Sure. Uh, you know, most of Psycho is uh, gaslighting. You know, it's yeah. not mind yeah. control yeah. in this. It's gaslighting. Um, and he doesn't mind control her until he has the lasso over her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do think... Yeah, I can see I, that. I, I see where you're coming from. I do still think, like, the writing of Psycho talking to Diana and the gaslighting is like, it is well written. And like, she's just, I agree. She doesn't understand what's happening to her. And it sucks. I, I agree. I just wish there, like the, the, the retort to him wasn't that we caught him and we're going to punish him. It was Diana displays a moment of being better than what he thinks. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I wish that was the message. Yeah. And that message doesn't come through about everything. Like there's nothing to disprove Psycho's assertions about his ability to control women. Yeah. And I wish that was, was done because it's mm-hmm. clear that like his, his, it's almost like a, um, a purple man situation where like his influence, like he thinks he's a suave guy, but it's his power. That's not him. Um, and they could have gone into that a little more, and they kind of don't. You're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think right. we we have this preconception that Doctor Psycho is psychic, um, yeah. So we could so we could easily project that onto him, like that's why he does it. But like the book doesn't say it one way or the other. That's, he has that's that. Exactly, he has that staff. That, that that's yeah. exactly like my issue with it is that is that there's never a moment where where Diana is allowed to display that it's not true that this this man can control any woman, including her. Uh, it, it, that feels weird and uncomfortable in a way I don't like by the end of the book. And I wish there was something that allowed Diana that moment to to take back her power. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair, yeah. Um, there was a conversation that um, after after the the uh, cha- or the, the race that they have and the Steve Trevor's plane explodes, um, she's like, hey, there's nothing supernatural about God, Steve. You know, I'm just trying to talk about peace and truth and all that stuff. And he's like, uh, Diana, like the army's intimidated by you. You're like a super strong woman. They look at your hardware. They see military potential. They, you show strength uh, and they see provocation. And like, even though this group of badass warrior women, they are the most nicest, loving people, the fact that they are so strong and have this technology that we don't have makes them a threat to people. I really, yeah. I really, I really like that. And I, but I, but I want to say that I said that is exemplified so well by the beginning where they don't kill any Nazi. They, they reprogram. Yeah. They, they attack don't. them with love, essentially, and yeah, then reprogram. The, it's them. like the healing purple ray, and then they send them to this, this, this all dimension. They get, when they get shot, is so funny to me. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like they're getting essentially they're getting hit with love, and even when Paula's first is, um, she has a she has the the Venus girdle, and she realizes yeah. that all these Nazi ideas on her are wrong. Um, Uber I, line. 
Yeah, Uber, yeah, but I do agree that um, that this book is kind of overstuffed because I was, I mean, getting into like when we see the Nazis, I'm like, oh, so that's gonna play out and it plays out at the very, very end. We don't see her again for most of the book, and I'm like, okay, Psycho is the main villain of the story, and then it's like we see Maxwell Lord. I'm like, well, where is he coming to play? And Volume three. yeah, but of course, and one of the things that, about this book that I was really confused and I was really trying to, especially like when things were wrapping up after Psycho is essentially caught and quote unquote defeated. And um, Paula is quote unquote defeated. Um, I'm like, well, what happened to those big giant robots? What happened to that? And then finally we see it and we get the infamous to be concluded at the end. Uh, uh, so piggybacking off what you said, um, the moment with Paula with the girl is so good mm-hmm. about her feeling like I was I recognizing my these ideas. I don't agree. That kind of stuff. And that's why it bums me out that I can't see what Paula's arc really is. Yeah. After that point. I don't understand it. I don't think it's well fleshed out or explained where she is acting of her own will or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, once we get past um, into the into the present. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So her motivation is together we could rule a world of uh, we can rule a world of women where men are the slaves. So like she's like she's like fallen in love with Diana. She thinks like they can rule the world together, but but she's also a Nazi. But it's but it's so rushed <laughs> out, and it's like I killed your mom and brought her heart to you, so you would come back and be queen. And I'm like, this doesn't work. And then three this, pages this later, the friends. Too, this is too mishmashed and yeah. and all that. Um, yeah, Paula's Paula's arc isn't isn't handled well for oh, me. The, the 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 Ares project though is super cool. Those guys look radical. Uh, I love the I love the ending where she's queen. Like that's a cool like step up. Um, yeah, I, I do think yeah, this book definitely um, probably could have either dropped a villain or mate. I don't know. It is too stuff. Uh, I think I think you could have had the Ares program tease, but totally taken Maxwell Lord out. He's just just tease him at the end. Do the exact same thing, but don't have those pages yeah, of him he's, before. He's just a little too distracting, yeah. and I think just more time needs to be given to Paula. Yeah, because um, she just to for flesh out just to flesh out what's up with her. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's not oh. clear. Um, and the, the 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 what she's saying to Diana doesn't resonate because you never really see her and Diana together on the island. No, you don't. Like, because when she sees that, because when she's essentially pledging her allegiance to Queen Hippolyta, Hippolyta is like, no, nah, that's fine. We just we just have to help you out. We're going to clear that Nazi brainwashing out of you. And then she looks over at Diana. She's like, oh my God, that's a spinning image of my queen. So my thought was like, okay, is Paula going to have a real hardcore infatuation with Diana? And that doesn't really show up until at the very end of the book. And then when they say it's like, oh my God, there is a when the when the Amazons come to Queen Hippolyta and tell her that yo, someone uh, vandalized the statue of Diana with this certain symbol, it's like who could have worn that symbol? I'm like, oh my gosh, she's still a Nazi. I thought they fixed her. What the what's going on here, guys? She got reprogrammed in one scene. Yeah. Off off panel. Yeah. Off panel. Yeah. I mean, I, I still enjoy it, but I don't think I enjoy because this is my actually this was my first time reading it. So this is my first time. I haven't read before. Um, before we did, I did today, and I have to say, I really enjoyed the first one a lot more because I felt like the first one was a little bit more simple. This one, while I'm glad it expands, especially what a woman teaching classes and holding seminars and having other women ask her like these hard questions, and even that one. Moment. That's a great moment. That's great because a, tra- mm-hmm. a trans girl is like, "Yeah, what about trans girls in your in your in your mm-hmm. women's society?" And she's like, "Baby, all people are accepted. Just because it's about women doesn't mean yeah. it's just women." And I'm like, "Thank you, Grand Morrison." And then you get that one woman who asked the the oh god, what was the question that she asked Diana? The, the really hard one. You and the Amazonians could overthrow the patriarchy. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're uh, so I stuff think, like that. I think, is like, oh, I think that I think what, what, what that last moment does undermine the trans moment personally. Um, I think that the trans moment works very nicely, uh, but the other ones just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, moments like that in the book are really, really good. But then once we get to Maxwell, Paula, and Doctor Psycho, it's like, okay, you gotta pick one. I'm, I mean, you can have multiple villains in an Earth One book. Jeff Johns did it with uh, Batman Volume Two. That had multiple Batman mm-hmm. villains in it, but the but we had one that was the main focus, and the other held supporting roles. They were in the book multiple times, if my memory serves. So Psycho and Paula are somehow tied together and incommunicado, uh, because she's the only way that he knows her mom is dead when he yeah. comes up before Paula arrives. Yeah. Uh, if you had tied more of what Psycho does to Paula being the way she is, I at least could have gotten the connective tissue of why she gets so weird yeah. mm-hmm. and why she's doing certain actions, but we don't get that. Um, and, and that leaves it just in this weird haze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ultimately, I think it's, you know, it's an all right book. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed it. I like all these Earth One books personally. So I do. So I mean, so do I. But the ones are better than other ones, and this one's good. But it's not my like top ones. The end of this says. The end of this says to be concluded. Mm-hmm. Um, the there is no word on whether or not Morrison has started working on it or is going to work on it. The only thing he said is that uh, I have ideas for a third volume. So um, so my my thing with like the the Earth One thing Earth One whole line is just like just tell me that a book's coming don't yeah. let me think the whole line is canceled and then all of a sudden right. two months in, before uh, hey surprise yeah while i like the tease of the airy stuff i do prefer when an earth one book ends definitively without yeah. making it feel like i need another volume to satisfy part of the story i've read um because you're never sure that another volume's coming most of them do right. this one didn't that kind of irks me yeah. um uh, Gabriel Hardman, who does uh, Green Lantern Earth One and, and Volume One and Two, uh, he came out this week and it was like, "Hey, because I guess people are still confused. Um, none of the Earth books are in the same universe, as far as I'm concerned. My book is its own thing, so uh, don't try to make a Justice League out of my book." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "Damn, Gabriel, you okay? Cool. I got, I respect it. I love it. Yeah. Don't you don't have to make it connected. That's cool. I like it. That, that's fine. But I, I, in Multiversity, they did say that this was one thing, but oh well." Yeah. Multiversity was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, yeah. Multiversity, well, here's the thing. Multiversity came about when Wonder Woman Earth 1 hadn't been released yet. Mm-hmm. So that was a long time ago. I, re- I remember I was joking and, if Wonder Woman Earth if yeah. Earth 1, Wonder Woman Earth 1 was ever going to come out. When they when they were first doing it and they announced Superman and Batman Earth 1, they they were very like this could be our ultimate universe and then they went very quickly went nope. no. <laughs> no, never mind. It'll just be a fun side thing. Yeah, I actually kind of like them all being in, se- in separate universes. Personally, um, I think it it'll doesn't bother me. Reality. It doesn't bother me at all. Um, I'd be interested to see these different interpretations, specifically the different Superman and Batman interact with each other. But yeah. I don't need it. Yeah. Um, right. uh, yeah. I just, you know, another way that they could have fixed the problem I have with Psycho and Diana is that is if at least. Every time Psycho felt like he was predicting Diana, he wasn't 100% correct. Mm-hmm. But he was, and that irked me too. I didn't I didn't buy Diana trust like giving him control of the lasso. And he didn't you didn't earn that to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't mind that one. The, I, I, I 
but, I but, think he, but he like, worked but well. like in the whole in the whole way that it that it happened, like her her discounting Trevor and uh, uh, Beth Candy's opinions. I was like, that doesn't feel super Diana to me, but okay. Uh, and then and then followed up with uh, him being very particularly like questionable. Is like mm. uh, I don't know if and like this like he should get the 100% prediction points on her for that. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying that would have been another way to like counteract it if you didn't need if you didn't give her a moment later of getting one over on him at least make it so like he wasn't always 100% correct about her. Sure. Um, that that just that rubbed me the wrong way. I get that. Um, I got nothing more to add. Guys. Books good, just not as good as the first one. Not as good as Volume One, which is my favorite of these books, all these Earth One books. I was kind of hoping. Um, I still, I still, I think I enjoyed the art way more, just because I, because Yannick did. Um, he worked with Swamp on Swamp Thing with uh, Scott Snyder for a long time. Um, so I just, I really like Yannick's art a lot. Um, The art's really great. Yeah, the art is fantastic. I mean, the fact that we're still getting these Earth One books to me, it makes me happy. I, I know Superman is still my favorite one, but I. Like you guys said, I love these Earth One books. I'm fine with them being side projects. I'm fine with them taking a little longer to come out. Um, I'm just glad we're getting them. I just like to know if we are for sure getting them. Because now that we have that to be concluded tagline at the very end, it's like I would like a third the part. Pro- the problem, with, the problem with me, the problem that I have with the with the line is just that it's never sure. I wrote a whole article about this. It's coming next week. Whatever. Um, the, the problem with the line for me is that it never feels like DC gives a shit. Mm. It's always just kind of like, here's one. I can say that about a lot of things DC publishes. Sure. Pick it out uh, on the line. <laughs> Ryan, it's your book club next week. You got yeah. one for us? I sure do. I got a whole bunch of book clubs. So, um, like I talked about earlier, I read a lot of issues of Tom King's Batman. And um, I, sp- I know you've read some of it. Brandon, I don't know how much you've read of it, and I know you haven't read any, Ben, because I texted you and asked you about it. So um, I picked out eight issues, my favorite issues from his entire run. I tried to make it less. I try, uh, it was originally more, but I wasn't going to do that to you. But um, I, I picked out eight that I think are um, my favorite issues of the run. They're all standalone, except for uh, there's two two-parters. But I picked out something that I think all of us can enjoy, and I went out of my way to try to find something for everyone. So... Um, for Brandon, I have issues 73 and 74. It's a Thomas Wayne and then Bruce Wayne adventure together. That's all daddy issue stuff. You love that shit. Um, <laughs> 39 and 40 is Batman and Wonder Woman going to an alternate dimension that's all fantasy-based where Batman uh, fights dragons and wears armor. That's for you, Benjamin. There's a 37, which is Super Friends, the, the double date with Catwoman, Bruce, Selina, and Lois. Uh, that was for you, baby. What number was that? That's number 37. Um, I got annual number two, Date Night slash Last Rites. That's a book that made me cry, and that's probably my favorite issue out of all these. Uh, it's a nice uh, uh, little standalone Elseworlds kind of thing. And then I got 24, which is the proposal of Catwoman from Batman. And then lastly, issue 23, the Brave and the Mold, the Swamp Thing Batman crossover issue. Uh, I think these are all stunning issues of this comic. I don't think you need to read the entire run to understand it. Um, it gives you all the context you need, maybe except for the last, for 7374. But you guys are smart. You guys read comic books. You get it. Um, I am sad that this, that Tom King's gone, uh, but he'll be coming back soon, hopefully with that 12-issue maxi. And that's it. Pa-pa. What are those uh, issues again? Text, text, text us the issues. Yeah. yeah. Have to repeat them. Yeah, um, text the issues. Uh, just so you guys know, I added them, because we all have this. I don't know how often you guys look at it. In your notes on your phone, 
will be the FN Book Club, and I just added them to the bottom of the list. Okay. Yeah, we'll save that. Update that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So next week we're going to be talking about DC Fandom. You know our thoughts on that event and how whatever. We will talk about the Snyder Cut trailer finally. Woohoo! All right, I'm, we got I'm excited. I'm, I'm I'm ready for it to be a thing. I guess. I'm waiting for people to shut up. Yeah, never. Um, never. Um, all right. So, you guys watching this on on YouTube? If you guys are watching this on YouTube, whether live, thank you live, or whether in the rewind, um, we have a bunch of other cool stuff on this YouTube page. We got our Fake Nerds Watch series, which is coming with an Umbrella Academy season two soon. Um, and uh, you guys just told us Lovecraft County, Lovecraft Big Country, there Country. Uh, yeah, uh, Ryan, Ryan and I will certainly be doing some kind of fake nerds watch series for that in the near future. Uh, hopefully, week by week, we're going to talk about scheduling it. I'm reading that book, but I don't think I'm going to read it fast enough for the show. Oh no! Um, All right, good night. Uh, good night, Mag. Thanks, Mag. See you, Mag. Uh, and possibly Brandon will be joining us. Maybe Ben. We'll see. Um, yeah. So we got those. We got those. We got a bunch of other cool stuff on there. We got Basement Arcade. We guys just put out a Avengers Beta Basement Arcade. Two-parter? Yep. Uh, campaign uh, with just Ryan, and then the multiplayer with both of us. Bam. Yeah. Um, and then our Fakner Book Club. Jokes. What? I made cheeky jokes. <laughs> and then we have the Fakner Book Club series, our newest series, where we are currently doing Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, new episodes soon, on volumes two and three. We also have a Patreon. Uh, again, we got the two tiers on Patreon. Um, if you want, you know, you're shipping a bottle. It's a one-time shipping a bottle. I'm not made of money. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my God, every month. <laughs> um, it's a one-time shipping a bottle, but it's a twenty-five dollar. You were correct. That was kind of a ripoff. <laughs> it is definitely a ripoff. Um, and then, uh, so we ended up the Patreon, and then we have our T Public, where we got a bunch of cool shirts. Based on our cage shirt, we got a Victor Book Club shirt. Uh, we got a Victor Podcast shirt. Obviously, I wore a bunch of the shirts for the past couple weeks. Um, cool stuff. And uh, we have our website where I just put up my new article. Uh, our website is www.fakenerdpodcast.com. Uh, you can find everything there, or you can find everything in the description below. Uh, we make it very easy for you guys to find our shit. Uh, thank you to everyone who watched. Thank you to everyone who listened. It was listening, whatever. Uh, thank you to Jeremy Bellucci for our themes. If you've been listening to this on the audio, thank you've heard his themes. Uh, if you've been watching this, you're missing out. At Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards, you can find him on Instagram. Uh, we have a he has another podcast called Suburban Proctologist. Definitely check that one out. That's nine episodes, very funny. He does it mostly by himself. Um, you can find that on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. Uh, fake nerd, Facebook.com slash suburban proctologist official or Instagram at subproc podcast. Mike, Mike Patola. Thank you to Mike Patola. Uh, uh, Joe47771. Uh, do a giveaway to people in the chat. No. <laughs> uh, someday. Maybe, Maybe someday. Um, thank you to Mike Matola for our uh, logos for Victor Book Club, Victor Podcast, Mythalanius. Phase Mag would win. Yeah, pretty much. He's the only one in there. <laughs> um, you can find him at, at Mike Matola, and hopefully we'll get another possible trivia challenge going soon. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, ben? 
You can find me on the internet at bedmagnet27 on both Instagram and Twitter. And also, you can find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine. Newest article just went up today. Link is in the description below. What is it about? It's about me missing how there's no really secret characters in fighting games anymore. I kind of miss Ryan. that. Ryan. A picture from Control. As you can see, there's a lot of sticky post-it notes in a building. I want to read this. To whom it may concern, in case you are not aware, something caused a sticky note in my office to duplicate a million times. My office is unusable now. I will be working from home until this is resolved. You can reach my cell phone at home. Sincerely, Jay Bozer, Vice Chief of Staff. That's it. <laughs> Troll, baby. It's a great game. You can find me DJ Tony Stark. Sparks. Uh, you can find me apparently catching up and reading the entire Batman Tom King run this week on Sparks Witty at sparks witty on instagram and twitter s-p-a-r-k-z witty i didn't make him do that he did that himself if he wants to read all that i'll be happy subscribe to us on itunes stitcher google play tune in spotify iHeartRadio. radio rate and review wherever you get us if you're watching the feed like and subscribe to this video uh if you're watching it live thanks for sticking with us until next week guys 